Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. I had to do an especially energetic intro because I, apparently, I, like back in the day, I was crazy yeah. about intros. I just followed your lead, man. Fucking crazy about them. Uh, we're here to do not only a season 8B wrap-up, but a podcast wrap-up. This is the first time I think we've done a wrap-up for a podcast because when we cancel podcasts in the past, they've been unceremoniously canceled. Right. This one... It hasn't even happened that often. No, like once, maybe, maybe twice. Yeah, once, maybe twice. Uh, but this one required a little bit more from us. Yeah, it's also our... You might ask, why the music? Well, this is our second and final Fiesta podcast. Yes. The first one was in celebration of the death of one Lori Grimes, a character who still pretty much sets one of some of the top scores as far as annoying characters. There's mm-hmm. been more evil characters. There's been worse characters. There's been all kinds of... But, like, just consistently most annoying uh, unfortunately, Lori was the harbinger of things to come because <laughs> it's hard to find a character that doesn't flip-flop and go back and forth and conveniently choose sides based on whatever the writers want us to, to do or think or feel in this episode. So I don't know. Nobody can flip a car quite like Lori, though. No one, yeah. Not even, I feel like there have been cars flipped in recent history. Uh, Daryl flipped a bike. <laughs> yep. I mean, it can happen, but very few people can flip a car on dry, flat pavement and mm-hmm. good lighting conditions in a zombie apocalypse where there's no other traffic. Yeah. That's a Lori Grimes, Grimes original. <laughs> uh, so what are we going to do with this podcast? I think oh, man, I, I've done a lot of legwork, um, and actually the forums did just a ton of legwork for us, finding uh, various funny moments from podcast history and shouting out like, time codes and episode numbers and stuff so i've gone through and i've pulled quite a few of those um and i want to play those on the show and maybe we can talk about them uh i want to play our old skits some of which are cringeworthy at this point some of which are still funny to this day um talk about those i would like to maybe i guess reminisce about some of our favorite moments of the podcast stuff like that and then we've got a whole slew of feedback to do and this time i considered not only um, the feedback that was like pertinent to asking questions of us and like inspiring discussion, but also the stuff that was just kind of feel good memories of the show. Sure, because that's that's what we're here to do in the uh, final podcast here. Um, before we start sucking our own the, the the ghost of this dead podcast dick too much, uh, uh, I, I I want to give people uh, some breadcrumbs to follow if they if they were going to continue their coverage of if they're going to, if they're looking for coverage of The Walking Dead. We've got some friends that are still doing us. Doing this, doing us, doing this. Um, first, I want to mis- mention Chris and Jason with the OG. I think they're the first Walking Dead podcast. Been, yeah, the Talking Dead podcast. They were there before Hardwick. Hardwick posts their fucking name. These yep. nice Canadian guys just want to talk about zombies. AMC and Evil Chris Hardwick uh, try to steal their name. I don't. They're still the Talking Dead podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. They're the the one, the original, the the one and only. It's been a couple years since I've seen these guys because we haven't been going around to conventions as much. But uh, they're still they're still kicking. Uh, Jason and Karen are buddies over at the Walking Dead cast. Uh, they are much more positive in their coverage. Mm-hmm. They 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 still Very have much. a lot of authentic love for the show and the characters. So if you go over there, 
You know, don't put your feet up on the furniture. Act, act, act like your mama raised you right. Yeah, don't don't show them your ass. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 trying. They're 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 uh, that's that's then that's been their lane. They're in the love lane. Yeah. We're in the hate lane, and the hate lane ran into a brick wall. So, turns out love conquers hate. Uh, finally, our friend Nina is still doing the Walking Dead podcast over at Project Fandom, ProjectFandom.com, uh, and I'd say hers is probably closest of the ones that I'm aware of to our tone. Where she's still, it's much more the tone of, are you seeing this shit? Can you believe this shit? So those are some so some options if you want to continue your your voyage at The Walking Dead because we're 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 gone we're out yeah we're out no more podcasts I can't I can't handle it anymore. All right, how do you how do we want to start? Um, the, let's begin the nostalgia fest. Yeah, I feel like I want to start it off with a clip or two. Okay. Uh, we we've had a lot of funny moments over the years i couldn't pull them all obviously i mean um it's startling how much of bald move culture is the watching dead culture yeah like a lot of the gags and the sensibilities because you know walking dead was our second podcast ever mm-hmm. um it it re- we really go back a long ways with this show um i'm i'm just constantly amazed at how much stuff in our like forum rules and some of our like the, the cruftier nooks and crannies of bald move are, are are formed with the bones of the dead from the watching watching dead um and there's been a lot of good times yeah consistently the funniest podcast we've we've done over i the years. think so yeah yeah and, and it's it's tough to compare because the show became so bad in the final years that all we had left was the comedy right <laughs> and if you didn't laugh you had to cry right. so yeah, it, it's disproportionately funny, but uh, I want to start off with a clip that uh, I actually don't have cataloged at the moment, and maybe we can we can listen to it and then talk about it. The rest of these I kind of have a brief description of. Do you have no idea what this is? Do, I have no idea what this oh, is. Oh, shit. We could be showing our ass right now. Oh, okay. And we will show our ass later in this podcast, certainly <laughs> with some of these skits, but here we go. Let's let's start off with, uh, I don't know, uh, a banger fresh out of your ass. Here we go. What do you think? You've seen him for a whole episode now. What do you think of the look of Abraham? <laughs> it's okay. It's ridiculous, but it's but it's overshadowed by Eugene's ridiculous look, so it's not as noticeable. Here's the thing: he's got like fire engine, uh, blazing in the sun, copper hair. Mm-hmm. He's got like a dirty yellow handlebar. Okay. So so if the curtains are bright red and the walrus is faded di- dishwater yellow, what do you think the pubes are? <laughs> spotted pure spotted white. silver bleach white yeah white is the driven snow man i feel like they 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 look like like lake lace curtains in a heavy smoker's house like they're just like car- stained caramel color uh uh-huh. that's 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 what i'm going with it just it's just like a it's like a photoshop gradient that was applied to his head with <laughs> with nicotine yellow at the bottom and burnished copper at the top <laughs> Okay, that's a horrible picture you're painting for us. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I'm not the it. one that did the hair dye, man. That's that's I'm washing my hands of that. All right. So apparently that was the introduction of Abraham uh on the show. I I didn't have that one cataloged, but I had it duplicated. So we'll have to skip the next one. Uh that was pretty funny. Some would say I, say. I have a unhealthy fixation with dicks balls and and pubic hair yeah we just got off a westworld episode where you were uh deriding someone for their pubic hair 
I mean, I don't know, deriding. I was just commenting on the the impressive yeah. majesty. Like, I, I don't know. I just think I think people's bodies are interesting, uh, in all their different permutations. Okay, you know, uh-huh. and I guess yeah, I I do I do wonder I do wonder what people look like naked. Well, now we know. <laughs> now I mean, we we cracked the riddle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, that was a pretty good one there. So, like I said, a lot of these come from the forums. I, I don't have people's usernames, unfortunately, who pointed these out. But a lot of them were pointed out by multiple people. And this was one where everybody remembered this fondly. We're going to go to a description of Daryl's woodcraft and also some stuff on Eugene and his attire. Uh, let's go into that one. I I noticed that his pants are tied off. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know... Uh, I don't know what that's what purpose that serves from woodcraft. Is that to keep like bugs from crawling mm. up his legs? Is that to mm. keep uh, poison ivy out? Is that uh, if Stop if so, why bites. is no one else doing it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, it's like this is the kind of thing. Maybe he's like every night. I'm telling you guys, you need to tie your pant legs to your boots. <laughs> you won't get the Eugene. You're wearing shorts for Christ's sake. Find some fucking jeans. Your boots bullshit. <laughs> Stop out of Walmart. I, they got Husky Boy sizes. Millions of jeans in this That's country, the and there's thing, only man. a thousand asses to put them in. You can get some fucking jeans, Eugene. Your name's got Gene in it. Wear some goddamn denim. <laughs> Fuck. That's what he says. <laughs> Every night. Every it's night. Really, it's getting this a is bit tired. As Eugene just rocks and sucks his thumb as he's just <laughs> Daryl's in his face screaming. Uh-huh. The first few nights he was like, he tried to explain it. He was like, well, uh, for combat, I really don't think the jeans are the appropriate attire. That's right. I need, I, like, need, no. I, need, I need crotch room and freedom of movement to, to pull off my first person shooter moves. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, Christ. Now, two years in, he's, he's done with it. <laughs> I, All right. Still one of my big beefs of the show, the fact that these people continue to run around in, like, hot pants and tank tops when uh, a trip to the tractor supply company to get some fucking Carhartt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. It's hot in the summer, but, you know, it's like when the, the, the motorcycle's creed. You'd rather rather sweat than, than bleed. Yeah. Fucking dress for the ride. Dress for the walk through the zombie-filled park, not... And it's, it's only your your point about the surplus of genes and the the shortage of asses is only getting more and more relevant. Oh yeah, more and more pertinent as time goes on. So yeah, there's I mean yeah, like you think of how many like WalMarts and Coles and JC Penneys, the the, the shit hit the fan. You think people are loot, looting the the Levi five hundred ones? No. No, they're going for the water if they're smart. Right. So I yeah, I, I still think that's a valid that's a valid complaint. All right, this next one um, is actually the birth of one of those inside jokes with The Walking Dead. It's Barley equals intellect. Mm. I have a little bit of a mashup clip here because oftentimes with our jokes, they kind of like a concept is introduced and then it's built upon and then, you know, it eventually forms into this this mashup of a joke, uh, which is kind of the case for Barley equals intellect. So let's go ahead and listen to that. So, so I, I don't know. I think she's just broken. I think she's had a full-on psychotic break here. But this, because is, this means something, like Close Encounter style. She's not just shaping mashed potatoes for her own health. She's <laughs> she's planning crop rotations and... But she's doing... Where they can set up education. She's and, still doing some weird shit. Like, she's... It, okay. We've got an entire town 
of people to feed, uh-huh. what crops are you going to plant? Uh, uh, Just give me three off the top of your head. Barley. Okay, that's a good one. Alfalfa. No, that's a terrible one. Uh, and, and straw. <laughs> that's, I assume. Alfalfa? That's why actually is she one planting the... alfalfa? Okay, I, yeah, no, I was just giving you what you wrote Yeah, down. no, like, why is she planting alfalfa? She writes corn twice almost. She writes corn, Isn't barley, alfalfa, cor- oops, not corn again. We've already done that one. <laughs> Let's put wheat in here. Isn't there something to, like, the crop rotation where, like, yeah, you don't eat that, but it, like, loads the ground full of electrolytes? That's what soybeans That's what crops need. You do corn and soybeans. That's good. You're done. That's all you need? I think so, yeah. And then with a bunch of Monsanto... Well, sure. Yeah, you need GMOs. You're not going to feed this whole town without GMOs. (laughs) Come on. So, yeah, I... But I, I... I don't know what she's doing. Like, really, alfalfa? You need you need a Mark Watney in this town showing you the most calorie dense foods on the planet. But please. what if she's one to like mount up? They're gonna there's some wild horses they're gonna tame nearby, <laughs> and they need a stable of horses because uh, hey, all right, we're, we've talked all about right. this. You're getting two and a half, three years in zombie pot. Gas, gas is gonna start being jelly, and and diesel not far off, and these cars are gonna be breaking down. Like, yeah. you need you need a environmentally friendly form of transportation you need to start planting horses well, you can make, did us good for thousands of years is all i'm saying you can That's i mean you can run diesel power. cars off of a lot of biodiesel stuff right you can't run you can make diesel car for like two thousand years jim you can you can ride horses from the bronze age to present day you can if you have daryl in the mix daryl fix it right up daryl break a horse no problem break it right in half right over his knee as an example <laughs> to the rest of them i think she's losing her shit though she's writing corn twice she has no idea what she's doing with this plan uh, Spencer comes she, home. She writes education and then training and then an arrow over to intellect. That's what education is, you <laughs> lunatic. She's cracked the code. <laughs> She's cracked the code, man. She's cracked something, all right. This is science. Cracked a bottle of booze. I guess the show hates Maggie Green and told this vicious lie about how she felt about her sister, and that's how I'm rationalizing this. As someone who spent a lot of time in the Star Wars versus Star Trek debates. Okay. I'm surprised that you're willing to grant that leniency. Sure. As someone who analyzes, you know what? The laser beam was this long. You're right. It must have been traveling this fast. Analyzing this as a documentary doesn't serve you well. Yeah. So you've grown past that. You've grown past what is is accurate on the screen and what is intended. I I don't know what's unclear. Barley equals intellect. <laughs> like just just embrace that, and I need a shirt that says "Barley equals intellect." It's like the alfalfa. Equals it's those three D posters. You just kind of like cross your eyes, and suddenly the sailboat pops out at you. Yes, Bar- if you can, un- if you, you can internalize the barley equals intellect. You have to ignore the surrounding bullshit to see the true picture. There you go. Yeah. So that's how I enjoy The Walking Dead now. You know, you said. Uh, I need a T-shirt that says that, and not a few weeks later, a T-shirt was delivered to our door. Yeah, emblazoned with barley equals intellect. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I still have that T-shirt. Yeah, you wear. It. I think you um, you busted out last week. I might have, yeah, because uh, it was not on my rack when I went to find it today. Uh, Otherwise, I'd be wearing it today. Uh, yeah, I I need to at some point retire that T-shirt because I don't want to wear it out. Mm. Got to save it. That's a one of a kind. It's true. It's a barley equals gotta, intellect. We got to frame it. Also, I got to keep it for the inevitable zombie apocalypse when I need to reference it. Yeah, for for my intellects. It's the key sake. to the future. <laughs> it really is. I think it's funny because if uh, Deanna had lived, she would have been the type of person to do does the key to the future shit that uh, the weird Secretary of State Durant was do was doing this this season. The key to the future. Yeah, I remember the she's trading records for 
for oh, blueprints, yeah, yeah. the windmills and shit. Right. The medieval tech. You know what? The Ale- I, I kind of feel like the Alexandria, early Alexandria period might be the funniest era of The Walking Dead. Because holy shit, we had Barley versus Intellect. We had mm-hmm. all the Captain Janeway jokes. We had Reg yeah. and his cold rolled steel. The cold rolled steel stuff, which we have. I don't have clips of any of the cold rolled steel stuff, but I do have a skit that we did based on the cold rolled steel. Okay. Which is still to this day just perfection. Well, you had a I really good Reg, too. I and, and Rick's. Just Rick's whole line of reasoning in that in that skit. We'll get to it, but man, it's funny. Uh, yeah, but that was that was a really good era of The Walking Dead for us. Solid, as a podcast. solid era. There's still some hope. Still some hope that you know the Negan would come along and would mm-hmm. would kick this thing's ass into gear, and we'd hurry up with the plot. Actually, if you can believe it, the Reg and Deanna stuff was in season six. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say, I'd say five B, but it, it's actually I, season six. I guess I would have said earlier because mm-hmm. like season three was the governor's reign, right? Three and four, three and four. Yeah, and then, and then five, I would have guessed it. But five, five was, was the terminus. endless. You know, it was the claimers and yeah. terminus and the fucking wolves, like like prelude to the wolves, and that's true. Yeah, it took a while to get the show going. Show drags drags its feet. <laughs> they they made do with essentially a traveling road show for sixteen s for an entire season. Yeah, which wasn't as bad as uh, hunkered down in Alexandria or Hilltop, I guess. Yeah, that's the Bob era. That's a good era too. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this next one is is the institution of a rule, and I don't want to say what this rule is, but maybe we after afterward we can talk about all the rules. Okay, because a lot of the rules have come into play. Via Walking Dead. Do you know? Can we put this as like the other one? Like, uh, can, what what is the what era is this? What episode? This is the very next episode after Barley equals. Okay, Alexandria. so we're still in Alexandria. Yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha. Six oh six, actually. So here we go. Let's play that. I don't know. He just keeps on saying like it's bothering him that zombies there. He sh- wants to release him for his plane of existence, which I'm all for. Like, I don't think you should leave a zombie that close to you. Yeah. If you're going to be sleeping in the next room, especially if they make your ass itch. Yeah, you can't sleep with an itchy ass. I'm with him though. That would make my ass itch too. Yeah. Like, not because I need to kill, but because this thing might get out. That's like how you somehow. Get, that's how you get tapeworms, by the way. Itchy ass, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that a symptom or is that a cause? I don't know. Some kind of some kind of worm gives you an itchy ass. Ass. Hmm. So when you sleep, you scratch your ass. And then when you scratch your nose later on in the night, all asleep, it transfers the eggs back to your, and it's just a circle of life. It's the Lion King living inside you all the time. So if you have an itchy ass, you should go to the doctor and get checked for worms. Okay. Bald move Good rule number know. four. Uh, <laughs> official, yep. Wow. Official confirmation. So what are the bald move rules, Jim? I got to say, I honestly did not remember that rule. That, I didn't either. That was a new one when I was listening to it. Uh, yeah, so obviously rule number four is if you have an itchy ass, go go to the doctor. Get it checked out. Uh, we yeah. we have rule number three, which seems to be lost to time entirely. Like, no one could come up with rule number three, including myself, including, I think you. I don't no, do you I remember rule number it, three. No, uh-uh. Okay, then eventually that may resurface, but for now it's it's lost to time. Number two, play dead. Yeah. Always play dead. If you're in a situation where... There's bad shit happening around you. If you can't be the thing that saves the day, if you can't yeah. take decisive action to, to to turn the tide or save your family or friends or loved ones, play dead, which mm-hmm. Jadis executed to perfection this season. Absolutely. 
Uh, and number one, the most important rule of all, never talk to the cops. Yep. Yep. Lawyer. Am I being detained? Lawyer. Lawyer. <laughs> right. Am, am I under arrest? Am I being detained? Lawyer. And as long as you live your life by the four, c- currently four bald move rules, mm-hmm. you'll succeed. Yeah. We pretty, guarantee it. It's, it's easy. It's easy. Get your itchy ass checked out. Make sure you have legal representation when dealing with authorities. And, of course, fake your, fake, 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 fake <laughs> but play dead. Yeah. Like the Mighty Possum. Uh, so this next clip has um, a history rooted in k- kind of a, a tradition of describing people in funny ways. It's it's something we've done. We've picked on Tommy Lee Jones a lot, and mm-hmm. we've gone over and over the various ways you can describe his face. Uh, you really took it to the guy whose name I don't even know. He, he was that much of a nothing in this show. Uh, he's the guy who was menacing Ezekiel uh, in in the hilltop stuff, or in the sorry, the kingdom stuff. Yeah, he he was the guy running the operation. The rap face Jesus was not listening she, to the, the Toys R Us manager. Yeah, the guy that eventually gets killed by Gavin? Henry. Is it Gavin? I, see, I don't even know. All right, he's so inconsequential and mm-hmm. such such a nothing presence. Uh, but this is a clip of you describing what he looks like, which was pretty choice. Here we go. Uh, they show up and they're late because they had to do this shopping cart penis detour and uh, Ezekiel tries to explain it but the douchebag head douchebag of Negan's who I I don't know his name I don't know they've established he has a name yep don't he's, care he's the worst uh, he interrupts and then Jerry says don't interrupt the king and he gets cracked in the face with a, 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 a broomstick he does and, and this guy who cracks him you can see, like, when they're pulling up, he's in the background kind of swinging this stick around. And Which he is, looks like a complete dumbass. He is a, he's a, what they call him, a rat-faced prick. I agree. He is a rat-faced prick, and he's the one who's causing all the trouble at this drop-off. And this guy, who is the, the, the lead henchman, I don't know whether he's a, one of Gimple's high school friends that has footage of him clubbing baby seals or what. Uh. But why you give, like, uh, all of Negan's other henchmen have been... Be able to hold their own to some extent or another. Mm-hmm. This guy is just like a tapioca pudding in a bad wig with a bad mustache and goatee. I couldn't tell you what he. I couldn't describe his face. His face is the shape of a melting sh- orange sherbet bar. <laughs> right, <laughs> like melting onto Matthew McConaughey's face, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like it's all that's, distorted. That's too much of a foundation. It's just nondescript, <laughs> right. non me- melting in onto one of those mannequins at JC Penney's. It uh-huh. doesn't really have a face. There's like concave <laughs> yeah. depressions where eyes might be, and like little little pouty point where it's just a mere suggestion of a face. <laughs> that's what this guy looks like, and he delivers the line. There's no inflection. No, he delivers the line like a mannequin. He does. Yeah. He's terrible. And also, is JCPenney still in business? Because if they are, they owe us a check. That's the they second do, yeah. time we've name-checked them. To be fair, it hasn't always been under the best of circumstances <laughs> or in the most flattering light. But, yes, we have we have sponsored uh, JCPenney. Uh, yeah. It, that's no, pretty funny. I, I, still, I still find it amazing that you got Stephen Ogg, you got the American Gladiator woman, you got Dwight, who, okay, not super, but and then you got this this Gavin guy. Yeah, 
he really looks like the guy that would come to the counter if you were just pitching a fit at the customer service. Like, do you went, you ordered your your niece's uh, <laughs> toy sewing machine online, and he went to pick it up, and they gave it, and they're like, "God damn, I need to speak to your man." This guy is who would come out from the back with a pinched, pissed off look at J.C. Penney. You, right. you walk into the J.C. Penney to return your, toys, your, toys your, Us? your pair of husky sized Eugene jeans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this guy shows up, and he stands next to a mannequin, and you can't tell who's who. Yeah, he's the he he's moon he's the assistant manager J.C. Penney moonlighting as assistant manager at <laughs> Toys R Us with a slurpy fixing job on the side. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, that that guy. Wow. Uh, so we have a couple more here. This one is what I consider like one of the all time classics of uh, bald move history. Really, it's really? the birth of Guy Ferrari. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's a, it's a more recent one. We're now into season eight, early season eight, uh, episode three, which was six months ago, ish. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're we're getting you. You can kind of see like the evolution of the audio quality too. <laughs> I think a little it's, bit. It's gotten a little bit better, hopefully. Uh, but here we go. Let's let's hear the birth of Guy Ferrari. What if AMC does clean house, like <laughs> recast the show top to bottom? Um, move it to a different location. Like it's been in Georgia for like check out. Like there's 37 states now offering filming locations. Uh, you take it someplace else. Um, completely new production staff. Just essentially reboot The Walking Dead, but at this like like right after the All Out War storyline. Mm-hmm. Just like okay, that was Volume One of The Walking Dead. Here's Volume Two because they're I mean they they're gonna have the- to do a lot of this anyway or stop it. And then it's also. You know how, like, when the shitty barbecue joint in town goes out of business and it, like, opens back up and it says, now under new management? Assuming that's true, people give it another shot. Like, it, it could, because I don't think people... But I think you're describing odds, a show that exists. It's called Fear the Walking Dead. That's what they did. Yeah, but it doesn't have the same characters. Like, I... <laughs> okay. Yeah. I suppose so, but I don't know that I want the baggage of these characters in there. You don't because... want vo- you don't want Volume Two: of The Walking Dead now under new management. You don't like like it used well, to be a Chinese place. Now it's a rib joint. You're not going to try the ribs? Probably not. No, because the people at the top, the owners, will still be the same, and they'll hire the same shitty people. They'll spend the same amount on the the well, they'll shitty hire chicken they'll hire that they buy. Like that, they'll skimp on how much sauce they use, and it just won't taste good. Hmm. Sometimes you get a superstar, though. I mean, you got to you got to fire the owners of this thing, you know. Yeah, you you, you got to fire the CEO you, of Amazon who I, says, or I, sorry, of AMC who says this is going to run for decades. Look, man, I'm not, I'm not looking for four Michelin stars. I'm looking for maybe a young guy Ferrari on the come. <laughs> like he's 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 the guy Ferrari Cameron. He's going to yeah, he's going. He, <laughs> Ferrari, whatever. Yeah, Ferrari, guy, but no, Ferrari. Guy Ferrari, guy Ferrari, <laughs> guy Ferrari on the come. I want to get him in there. Yep. I want to flip some zombies, cover it in cheese and straw fries. He's got put hair his, that's literally his, made of barbecue put, sauce. Put his Ferrari sauce on it, and let's see if I'll eat it. I'll try that. <laughs> I've had the Gimple Burger. It's not good. Ferrari the Walking Dead. Oh. This is the new show on AMC. Okay. Oh, fuck me. All right, Brad from Cincinnati. That was gold. Whoever sent that email, a fucking hero. Hero to the podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> it's so funny I'm crying. Can we get a guy for our t shirt? <laughs> we should. Sadly, we did not get a guy for our t shirt. No, we did not. We had a couple designs sent in, but we did not make one. Mm. Uh to this day. Yeah, I mean it got me crying again. It's so funny. It's pretty good. That's the thing, like uh 
Uh, it's interesting listening to these. Sometimes I'm laughing and my, I hear myself laughing and it's like an infinite recursion of laughter because it's been years since I've heard some of this stuff. Like that yeah. one, not so much, but damn. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Can't script that shit, man. That just, that just, that's just me fucking mispronouncing a guy's name. <laughs> well, that's, per- that's the perfect lead into the next one. Oh, really? <laughs> because... I don't know if people are aware of this, but there's kind of a pattern there. Uh-huh. Uh, and oftentimes, they lead to just absolute hilarity. In that case, Guy Ferrari was born. In this case, we've got a brand new show on AMC uh, that's, I think, going to be a killer hit. Let's let's listen to it. Okay. <laughs> but they would have to be able to see the Jeep or the Humvee pulling away to be able to follow it. Daryl has eyes of an eagle. Yeah, literally, like like in a in a sheriff marshal brave star kind of way. He's, He's got the got wings of an eagle too. A, so. He those are an angel actually. An eagle. Those are eagle wings. <laughs> Little known fact. Um, uh, if you watch ride with Norman Reedus, you find out that those are actually eagle wings, not, ah, not angel wings. Tie in. All right. Yeah. Fan me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious how he has parlayed this thing into a whole other show based on the right. thing he does on the show. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can't wait for next year's crossbowing with Daryl Reedus. <laughs> Octus. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Daryl Reedus. Reedus. It's going to, you know, show ran by Guy Ferrari, of course. Um, I feel like, yeah, like, I just want to see him shoot possums from 150 yards with a crossbow. Yeah. Still in, like, his essential Daryl, Daryl, Daryl Reed's character. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. Like, he's fused. I think he is at this point. Like, he's, he's been doing it so long, and he's been in the hot Georgia sun and these filming conditions so long and inhaled so much fake zombie blood that it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, he's got a screw loose. Do, do, do we have any, Mar- do we have any Martinez clips? Uh, we don't know because that was one of the other like because I uh, I famously mispronounce things and I consistently mispronounce this was one of the governor's henchmen yeah uh, mis- consistently mispronounced Martinez Martinez as Martinez yeah and to to consternation of many the amusement <laughs> of few uh, but that, I remember that was a, a big governor arc thing Martinez yeah I thought it was funny. Hmm. Uh, but you know, it's the thing because like I'm like I'm not like making I am actually dyslexic, and what happens is if someone corrects my pronunciation, the memory of them correcting me gets jumbled up with <laughs> what's already in my head, and like I if you put a gun to my head, I could not tell you which one is correct. Yeah, like they both look in like they sound indistinguishable in my head, and it's it's just it's just a weird phenomenon. But uh, yeah, sometimes right. sometimes it pays, and sometimes it's gold. Those are all the clips that I pulled. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that we, I, I it would have taken. I, I mean, we have hundreds of hours of of content for Walking Dead. I couldn't look through it all. I know there's a ton of Cold World Seal stuff. We'll hear some of that later on in the skit. There's the the nicknames, the various nicknames we come up with for people, like Little Baby Ass Kicker, and uh, just tons of others. There's all to be the fair, stuff. I in think Slab that Town. was uh, Daryl Reedus came up with that one. That's that's uh, Daryl Reedus did. Little ass kicker was uh, uh, was was a, a, an in show in show nickname. Uh, th- th- there was just a ton of other stuff that, I mean, if you if you ever go back and do a re listen, you'll hear. But my God, I couldn't find it. Um, where do you want to go now? Do you want to? I I still have skits ready to go. I have a lot of feedback that we could do. Um. I didn't really have like a, a specific plan for this. Um, I so we can talk about some just like sprinkle in some personal memories, like some highlights okay. from the show. Because I like one of the I think my favorite memory, my favorite Walking Dead memory, 
Um, I don't know when. I, I feel like I remember the time there was a, a, an instance in season two where Rick, for for real no good reason, sent Glenn into a very dark basement first. Uh-huh. And uh, I did like a, a, a stab at a, uh, you know, because Andrew Lincoln's a Brit. Mm-hmm. And he's doing this affected Southern accent, and he does it, you know, more sometimes less. <laughs> and uh, I have a little bit of a Southern twang, so I just essentially played that up to do it. And uh, and I, I I went on about you know like you know do you not know Glenn that I'm a I'm a father with a <laughs> with a wife and a young son, and you are single, and thus therefore much less important than me. You got and people fucking loved it. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I think it's like there's part of like the just terribleness of it, or kind of matches some of his muddled accent. But uh, the very first time we went to the walking the Walker Stalker Con, <laughs> right? Uh, and by the way, thanks Jason and Karen for making that happen because God knows we'd have never put that together had it not been them dragging us along. But I got the opportunity. And I think the, the the community dared me to do my Sheriff Rick Grimes impersonation to Andrew Lincoln if I could meet him. And it turns out we ended up being in the same room, uh, and I did, I did it. I did it. I, yeah. I, I did a dueling Rick Grimes with him, and he was he was gracious <laughs> enough to to like give me a polite laugh. But it was cool. That's a cool moment. Yeah, it was a cool moment. I think it's 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 out on the internet on a video somewhere. Like I, I think you can find it. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. If you want to see uh, a, a, a five year younger Aaron uh, given given a little bit of the business to uh, one Mister Lincoln, mm-hmm. uh, that was that that's that's a good. Do you have like a a favorite favorite Walking Dead memory? Hmm. I and mean, there's so many of them. Like I would have said, I think some of our skits. Like there was um. I think as a Kickstarter thing, we did like the live taping of a skit, mm. which I remember being a ton of fun. I was super nervous for it because uh, it was something we had never done. And even the skits were very early on at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember that being a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I think I think probably my favorite parts of The Walking Dead were getting getting those skits together and, and kind of editing them and like writing them just the back and forth in in the studio here as we were writing. Uh, but I, I mean, there are just so many organic moments that are so good. I don't even know how to start on that. Yeah, we're fairly, we're actually really bad at uh, chronicling our own history. Yeah, like you know, uh, because the thing is, like, we don't, we don't really work up this material. So like, this stuff is like tears in the rain, man. Like mm-hmm. I, the guy, in another year, I would have completely forgotten about Guy Ferrari. Right. Uh, so I'm glad that there's people with better memories than us out there. The, the the catalog this stuff because man because I couldn't even think I, I I took a stab at trying to find that the first time I did the the Rick Grimes and I'm just like oh fuck it I can't I can't find this thing I have I have it's somewhere in these 13 episodes right there's so much somewhere of it. in just 30 hours of content uh, but who the hell knows where and that's one of the things that kind of makes me not feel like I need to remember it is because mm. it's out there mm. like if I really really wanted to I could go back and I could find it and I could listen to it right um but yeah I it, and we just do so much now that. I don't know that I could remember every joke we had. I wish we had transcripts for podcasts because I could like I can remember snippets of things that would probably got me a lot closer. Uh-huh. I don't know one of these days when we get an intern, we're going to. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wasn't suggesting we'd make them type out a manual. I said that that'd be there's like feed these MP3s into okay. a right. speech to text conversion, and it's not going to be ninety seven percent accurate. It's good enough. Uh huh. 
Uh, okay, let's go to some feedback, maybe. Um, people wanted to know if I had a zombie kill of the series. And I, man, there's so many zombie kills. Uh, and it's it's a problem, too, because so many of the zombie kills that I took note of are very early on in the series. Because at some point, we just kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. It's like, well, every episode there's a zombie kill, and some of them are more or less spectacular. And where do you draw the line and say, this one wasn't worth mentioning because there have been 10 that are better than it right? Uh, before? So I don't even remember most of the zombie Plus, kills. We're, we're kind of allergic to, I don't want to say shtick. Yeah. We're allergic to too much of a format. Like, it's mm-hmm. very hard for us to keep, like... I don't like, want to get stale, right? Like, even... But, I I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I have seen and enjoyed shows that are 100... Like, the Jim Rome show, for example, is 97% just shtick and just recursive. Like, you have to listen to it for three months before you figure out what the fuck is going on because it's just, just a dense <laughs> coding of in-jokes. I think that's super cool and fun. I just... It seems like there is a period where it's just self-consciously lame that you're continuing to do this shtick. And yeah. if you push through it, then you can get to the the land of always funny. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the I don't have the lack of self-awareness to push through that awkward phase. Yeah. So Okay. Um let's start off with a couple of messages from the forums. Let's do it. We've got Reality Zealot coming in with one thing to comment on from the earlier episodes is the emphasis on the idea that Jim is the zombie expert and Aaron had to sort of catch up. This was particularly pointed in the review of Night of the Living Dead where Aaron was early in his zombie education. Aaron Hubbard, how do you stand in the current era concerning the whole zombie genre mythos? It'd be interesting for a bit of a retrospective on your experience over the last eight years. Uh... It's interesting because I, it's not just zombies. I was largely a horror virgin. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, I very rarely dream, but the first season or two of The Walking Dead, I would have vivid dreams. Not all of them nightmares, but I feel like my brain processing this new type of thing. Hmm. And I remember just how, like, pants-shittingly scared I was when Rick was creeping down that dark hallway in his hospital yeah. gown with just a light and just knowing he's going to get and like just just him walking past <laughs> those bodies and knowing one of them's going to grab his ankle like that shit used to just I, I mean no wonder I never watched horror because you're the first times you watch it it's like it's 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 you're forcing your body to go through a terrible stress <laughs> yeah yeah terrible stress and but it's kind of like uh you know um it's, it's like a roller coaster once you once you realize oh I'm not gonna this isn't literally going to kill me it starts to be kind of fun and now I've turned into like a real horror buff. I still don't like the hostile, the human centipede, yeah. the you know green inferno, but like like mm-hmm. what I call torture porn. Sure. But like horror, supernatural horror, psychological horror, that shit I am really really a fan of. And uh, fortunately, my wife is too. So we have a lot of fun just watching scary movies together. In and in, in, in circumstances I never thought I would like. Lights out, it's totally dark. Uh, crank yeah. the sound, trying to make it even more. Make scary. it, yeah, like 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 get it, get get get. Like, and I think the first scary movie I've seen in the theater was The Conjuring Two. I think that's the very wow. first time I've seen a horror movie in the theater. Um, so yeah, I, I do now. As far as like zombie, like I'm amazed at how much meat remains on those bones. Uh, about four years ago, I read a book called Dust that was like. Um, 
yeah. zombie as protagonist, but not in the traditional kind of like trying to romanticize them, but just like seeing what a, what a viable zombie culture would be like. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I thought The Last of Us was a very good take on a more realistic zombie type of apocalypse and had a lot of fear and dread to it. Um, I don't know. like, Because I'm still not, I guess... I don't I think the zombie genre I don't know. Uh it's not my favorite. Um what about you? You're like 8 years in. You were obsessed with zombies when we first started this. In fact, I think The Walking Dead was supposed to be our very first television podcast. Yeah, yeah, we tried to get that off the ground and it just didn't come together it's in called time. Zombie drill or yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, um, I have I should release the old episodes of that. I don't think they're out there yet. I think we did it for a Kickstarter or something like that. Maybe. I thought I during your remember. your zombie movie, because you did a zombie movie, a little mini marathon with different hosts of the Walk, uh, Walking Dead podcast, that we had released yeah. at least the uh, the movie coverage. We might have released Night of the Living Dead in during. What about Peter one, yeah. Jackson's Dead Alive? Or uh, yes, maybe. I, I remember watching that. It's and been I remember eight podcasting years. <laughs> it. Um, or nine years, ten years. But how point. about you? Are you? Like, zombies are, like, in video games and movies and television shows have kind of been done, no pun intended, to death. Yeah. Uh, are you, do you still maintain the affection for the that the beast that uh, is a zombie? Not quite as much. Really? No, I, I do think, and this kind of leads into uh, Arcade 13's questions. Um, one of his is, do you think the zombie genre has reached oversaturation, oversaturation levels, about level, or still on the rise? I definitely think it's saturated um there's so much zombie stuff out of there and i here's the thing though i might have actually said that at the time the walking dead came out i think the the last bastion of zombie holdouts was television Mm. they they hadn't done a lot of zombie stuff on tv um and at that point it was like oh this is brand new this is a new thing that zombies can do be on tv and now they've done that they've done the video games they've done uh movies to death they've done books and long form podcast audio dramas just tons of stuff on zombies and i'm like what could they bring to zombies that would be new and interesting and i mean i have a hard time coming up with that maybe someone will just bust the genre wide open again but yeah i think they're pretty much saturated at this point do you think they died the day romero died no no i I, zombies have definitely had a life beyond Mr. Romero, mm-hmm. George Romero, he, you know, created the, the con- or he popularized the concept of zombie, certainly defined it for a large number of people. But yeah, the people have done zombies as well as he did in, in the interim. And took him in like in, in different, much different directions too. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe that's... we should get to more of Alcade's questions. Yeah. He, he says, he asked if we have like a best and worst episodes and season. I mean, I think the latter two seasons were some of the worst of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a worse time. Even when the governor was at his most ridiculous, mm-hmm. it was still better than what we got in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, best and worst episodes. I think the best season, it's still, in my opinion, to this day, is the first season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. That's that's like the its look. It's it's the yeah. it's the one season that really had some fear and dread. And yeah, some, you mentioned some that stairwell horror. scene. Yeah, I mean that that is a very well constructed horror scene. Right. Right. The stuff we get today is not. 
And it's like stuff was, was fresh, like the very first time that the, you know, people are relaxed around a campfire and, you mm-hmm. know, they're talking about pocket watches and shit. And then Amy walks off to use the bathroom in RV and she gets her throat ripped out. And then it's just okay. like that <laughs> stuff was was, you know, I mean, it could happen. You could see mm-hmm. people that think they're safe and they let their guard down and it you didn't seem like they were stupid. And, and also no one knew how to fight. There was people that didn't know how to fight zombies. Like, yeah, you had a, a, a group of people that were only alive because better people or not better, stronger, tougher people protected them. Um, there was a lot of interesting. But like Shane was a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Um and the dynamic, like, honestly, that kind of dynamic with Rick was sorely missed throughout the rest of the season or throughout the rest of the episodes. And also you had Frank Darabont, who yeah. knew a thing or two about shooting supernaturally tin, horrific action that still had very strong character beats and moments. Right. And and it's not perfect. Like, I still think the like the Vato stuff was pretty hammy and ham-fisted and all that. But, you know, there's some of that season one. It was a short season. He had a limited budget. He had no idea that he'd be asked to do 13 episodes f- for the same budget. Right. Um, and even then, Vatos, like, well, you would die. You would kill for a Vatos right now. Mm-hmm. You would kill, like, for gar- va- garbage people? <laughs> c- compared to Vato, give me the ex-gangbanger uh, nursing home orderlies protecting the abuelas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, will, I will trade infinity garbage people for that. <laughs> Give me the lips. Give me the, the 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 lipstick on the dude's forehead. Remember that? No. Yeah, like all the cra- like like these guys are just like they t- they took a bunch of Latino guys and they just started stamping temporary tattoos on them. Oh, this one Jesus. dude had like you know those flaming red lips on his dome. <laughs> guys had scorpions on their necks. There was all kinds of crazy shit. I think you remember the bullshit in that season better than I do because you wrote the. Survival I did. Guide. I wrote the survival guide. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we had weekly survival guides back. I did then. up through yeah. like uh, most of season two and season three. I was right because we were doing a lot of more write long form writing content mm-hmm. on the site. Uh, yeah, I think we did written instant takes for a lot of early Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, same with Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a different era of bald move. Mm-hmm. We were trying to do a lot of weird stuff. Right. We still are. Some would say. Yeah, we're just doing different weird stuff. Uh, he also has a question: How many more seasons do you expect this series to continue? I have no idea. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three before the audience falls off to the point where they're three, like, dude, three years nah. is such a long time in television. I know, but they've still got like six million viewers, right? Yeah, six million is quite a bit, right? But so before they cancel this fucking thing, it's mm-hmm. going to have to go real low. I just wonder what's going to happen. But I just think that the floor can on this can fall out quick. Yeah, because two years ago they were getting eighteen, fifteen, eighteen million people. And like, what happens when Carl's gone now? What happens when Michelle, when uh, uh, Denai Guerrera doesn't, uh, <laughs> when Lauren Cohen doesn't, when come Lauren back. Cohen doesn't come back, when Andy Lincoln doesn't come back, uh-huh. when you're trying to start a show around, or you're trying to keep a show going around Aaron, Henry, and Enid? Yeah, like I don't know. Like the floor could fall out of that real quick. I, I do feel like maybe the most delicious development, aside from. Like, even when you consider the lawsuits from fucking Darabont and Kirkman himself, like, right. all these people suing AMC over the mistreatment of this, uh, the most delicious part of it is Lauren Cohan. If she does not come back next season, 
mm-hmm. it is going to leave them in such a lurch. Yeah. Not, not like the writing could get any worse on this show. Right. Like if they have to say, oh, well, she fell down a well and right. she died. I guess that's the end of Lauren Cohen. Uh-huh. It, it's just, it's such like an awesome fuck you to them if she doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, I think, I mean, honestly, I could see, I think 10... I think they make it to 10, they're going to pull the plug. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying 10 more. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I think this, I think if they can get to the 10th season and and button it up, then they'll yeah. they'll feel like they 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 did something there. Just take your syndication money, take your Netflix oh money and your I Amazon meant, yeah. money and yeah. r- retire the show. Right. Right. All right, Jim from South Carolina says, "I've been listening to you guys uh since day 1." I've listened to every episode of the podcast, and every one of them has included fair criticism, clever insight, and welcome laughter. I will miss this podcast ten times more than I'll miss the show. Here are two things I wanted to mention as we say goodbye to the Watching Dead podcast. Number one, do you remember when you had an insider who was providing you guys with extremely accurate details about the upcoming episodes scene by scene in season two? And then you would reveal this info in the spoiler section on your podcast. I impressed my friends with this, and it was kind of cool. And the funniest thing of all was you two suggesting that the inside source was Glenn Mazzara himself. Uh, we actually, I, I pulled a clip. It's too long to play like during the podcast, but I think I might put it at the end of the podcast. It's oh, of, of us reading the, like the season two finale or something. Well, it's from episode 309. So I think oh. it's like, I don't think it's the finale. Maybe I should try and pull that one, but there there will be a clip at the end of That's, us reading spoilers. I, I remember the season three finale as being an especially low point. Yeah. Like we were like just shocked at how, how kind of poorly it was executed. Yeah. It was the whole like governor comes in destroys the prison and leaves right and, and then nothing happens like, like, they rebuild it and then he comes in and does the same thing again in season four yeah like we we were just like aghast that they didn't decisively end this thing yeah and then we got the shitty three episode governor arc like but uh-huh. it's funny because when i was listening to some of these clips our genuine enthusiasm for the show in like mid season three uh was was it was was fun it was fun it was interesting yeah uh, he His number two thing is just about a skit that we will also get to. Uh, I don't want to tease too much because it's, it's pretty funny, if even if you don't know what's coming. But let's move on to Devin. Uh, Devin from Austin here wanted to first salute you for going through the muck that has been the past few seasons. I'm a comic book reader who fell off the show around season six, but still tried to piece things together by listening to your podcast. Though I'll be sad to see you go, the show seems to have become so repetitive and slow-paced that it is just a shadow of what it once was, especially in comparison with the comic. Plus, I'm sure the listeners have understood at this point how painful it is to podcast a bad show. Any interest on expanding coverage to the comics? I highly recommend the Whisperer's Arc. Many uh, people put the all-out war arc on a pedestal, but for me, the Whisperer's is the cream of the crop, and I'm pretty sure Aaron hasn't read through it entirely. No, I, I was just getting to the Whisperer because I, that was I was re- I, I used to read the the comics along with the show. Because yeah. I liked having that, you know, that that dynamic works so well for us on Game of Thrones. I thought it'd be interesting because it's it's funny. This rat bastard here got me reading the comics, and then he bailed in the prison arc, and then I like continued to soldier on. He's, you're supposed to be the zombie expert, Jim. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so I read through All Out War, and then just uh, I, I got to this the, where there, in retrospect, I understand they were introducing the Whispers. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then I stopped and I haven't picked because like what I found is especially in that uh, that that wandering season that every single time I got excited for a plot point they just fucked it up 
They like they just did a worse version of what the comic the show, book yeah. did, which just that was like the beginning of like why the fuck. Why the fuck are they doing this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe the problem is I'm just too close to material. And I have these expectations, so I'll stop doing that. It still doesn't help. No, it still doesn't help. Sure doesn't. Um, uh, but I no, I don't don't think so because I just can't imagine it would be like it might be good, but I don't, can't imagine it'd be worth our time. Yeah, like uh, cause there's there's there are com- Walking Dead comic book podcasts out there. I think mm-hmm. Jason and Karen host one even. Uh, and I just I can't I we're we're so late to the game and it would have such a because like there's only that's the thing that always frustrated me and people are like well they got to change it up because the comic book fans already know what's happened man at its height The Walking Dead had about a hundred thousand circulation yeah so the idea that you are preserving surprises for one percent of your show watchers always struck me as crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm thinking like how many of those, how many of those hundred thousand listen to a podcast? Not a lot. All 100,000. Not a lot. I'd still better off doing Westworld. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, he he also wants to know if you cover or if we're going to cover Handmaid's Tale and maybe he missed it. Uh, yeah, Cecily and I are going to be doing every other week coverage on Bald Move TV, the Bald Move TV podcast. You can subscribe to that on Bald Move TV or baldmove.com. Uh, it's also probably in every podcast directory you, you know of. Yeah. It's out there. Uh, JM wants us, please, for the last The Walking Dead podcast, I have a simple request. One more time, please say, the. Fa- let's see if you remember this, the famous line of Axel's. Oh, shit. It, uh, <laughs> fuck, what was it? Uh, kiss my grits. <laughs> <laughs> Kiss my grit. What? 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 No, like uh, like uh, Attica on what, speed, man. Like, oh, it's like that's right. It's like, it, it, but he had another catchphrase too. Know what I'm saying? Wasn't that it or something like that? That's Ernest P. World. I think. Know, <laughs> know what I'm saying, man? Know what I'm saying? Know what well, you get a runaway Axel. It's like, uh, what is it? It's a. It's like Attica on speed. It's like it. it it's like Attica on speed, man. I, is that is that good? That's good. Yeah, that's exactly what he wanted. All right. Was that he, a you thing or me thing? Because some of these me. accents, like you're the Daryl. I'm you're the Daryl. You're the Reg. I'm the Ridge. Yep. Uh, I'm apparently the Lori. If you listen to these skits, and you're, it's you're you're cool. all of our really terrible female accents are, yep. G- are Jim. I, I did an identical, an exactly identical Lori and uh-huh. Maggie mm-hmm. at some point. I'm certain mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's move on. Bill from Houston says, "What have you learned about the limits you are willing to go to give to a show after finishing The Walking Dead? Specifically, do you now have a better idea of a threshold you can refer to for any subsequent podcasted show? This would be any point that is gauged by." counting continuous subpar episodes or triggered by an event that is too absurd or just a gut feeling uh if you had to do it over again when do you wish you would quit the watching dead i think i think if mazara had not been fired immediately after season three with some kind of acrimony we might have not come back because we had some serious talks about like and but it's like well gimple did write that one episode about Lori that made us feel bad about the fucking you know, Fiesta podcast. Uh, and uh-huh. and then we are like the promise of Gimple and like, and then there was like, well, he's a first time showrunner. He might, there might be some bumps and it took us a while, long time to come to the reality that now he just not only doesn't know what he's doing, not only is he not hiring good people, which is really the only real job a manager has, but he's also so far up his own ass 
that he doesn't even realize. I don't think I don't think it's penetrating to him that he's doing a bad job because there's right. 15 million people watching. So, yeah. um, and, and let, uh, the other thing, make no mistake, if this show was even a little bit less fun to cover mm-hmm. and had just a little bit less of like the history and the lore and just the built-in funny stuff that we'd already put on it, I think we'd have bailed a long time ago. I would say every season from like five on, we've had discussions about quitting this podcast. Yeah. Um, or or changing it to the point where it's much much easier, and you've seen that, you know, over the past right. few years, we've cut down on the stuff we're doing around Walking Dead. Yeah, cut down on the time it takes us to produce it because it just wasn't worth it for us. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it, the judgment always comes down to: Are we having fun doing it? Are a lot of people watching or, or listening to the podcast? Uh, those kind of things, you know. And and there is no single determining factor mm-hmm. for us. Like, this is a podcast that we could continue to do for years. Right. It would continue to get twenty to 40,000 people listening to it. We'd continue to make money off of ads, mm-hmm. um, continue to have club nothing, members. Yep. But we would not enjoy the process of doing it. And, and it would take away from what we could potentially be doing, which would be more interesting yeah. to us and maybe to the audience. My big question is, would I be watching this show otherwise? And no. Yeah. No. And, and it, what it came – you know, the I think one of the reasons are – podcasts are liked is because we started them just behaving like fans do like we watched something like a breaking bad or a Mad Men or a walking dead and like wow that was cool let's see what other people are saying about it let's so you know, sit around on the couch and we talk about it because you know back in the beginning jim and i were roommates and when i stopped doing that on a show or I feel like like Walking Dead, like I like I might have trolled the the episode thread just to see like, you know, the majority of the fandom what they were saying about it. But it's like serious research into like what you yeah. know, like what this meant or what that meant. Like I stopped doing it and like it you know, like in the final episode, I think I made three factual errors that even a I think a, a, an engaged casual fan wouldn't have made. And I'm like, this is just Yeah. You, you, if you let yourself do shitty work, it changes you, and it's very hard to get back. And since Bald Move is my livelihood, I really am sensitive about doing what I consider shitty. shitty. Now, you might disagree. You might say that my opinions are bad, but I do work my ass off on these shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watch them multiple times. I spend a lot of times researching, tons of time compiling feedback, really delving into the lore, and I try to make it as good and as interesting. I, I try to make the podcast I'd want to listen to. Yeah. Walking Dead. I mean, those are fun shows, too. Like, I, I remember, like, long after I stopped watching American Idol, I still watched, I listened to the, I read the recaps on television without pity. Mm-hmm. So, like, hate watching with someone is a fun thing. I understand it. But, you know. I feel like from this side of the mic, uh-huh. it, it kind of sucks, though, right? Like, I don't want to hate watch stuff. Well, I that re- means I don't want to watch the show in the first place. So my favorite sassiest hate watcher of the of, of American Idol back in the day, like stopped doing it at one point, and they had to get uh-huh. someone else. And he's just like, I just can't do it anymore. And from my perspective, I'm like, why? You like even the last thing that you said almost killed you was one of the funniest things I've read. Uh-huh. But I get it now. Yeah. I get it now because like you're making this thing that people are enjoying that you personally detest. It's weird. And and I like I said in, um, I guess our announcement that we were shutting this thing down. I really I can't do it to, from from like a, almost an ethical perspective too. It's like it's something weird inside me does not want to encourage people to watch this show, and that's that's another reason personally that I want to shut this thing down. 
Uh, so let's move on to Chrissy. He says, or she, I don't know, uh, says, do you think The Walking Dead's biggest problem is it has too many episodes per season? I feel this is why we get so much filler nonsense and things don't link up. Well, you are treating the symptom of the disease and not the root, which is the naked greed and yeah. avarice and indifference of AMC Studios. That is the problem with The Walking Dead. It has always been the problem with The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asked and answered as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. That's- that's perfect. Uh, like it's that they they uh, blow. Why are there is the seasons bloated because they want to sell more ads? Yeah, you know why do they hire untested writers and directors because they don't want to pay season pros money? Mm-hmm. Why do they? I mean, and everything I, stems from just not wanting to pay for something. I, I have the next obvious question, which is why do they continue to do it when the ratings are flagging so badly? Like because I understand like if you want to make a bunch of money and you want to hire cheap writers and maximize your profit, well now you're losing your audience. I mean, and it's, it's the short side. It might might be too late to pivot at this. But point. they haven't even tried. Yeah, they haven't. I, even I tried. mean, maybe they're trying this season with moving Angela King into the showrunner role yeah. instead of Scott Gimple. But honestly, it feels like in my mind they haven't even tried. Right. Uh, maybe their focus has moved over to Fear the Watching Dead, which I or Fear the Walking Dead, which I hear is good. I don't know. I haven't checked it out. Right. But. Not since the the first, not since the first season. Yeah. All right. We go on to Aaron T who says, great work. As always, I've been with your walking dead podcast since the beginning. So it's been a great journey. Just wanted to thank you guys for two reasons. First, thanks of all for all the great content you consistently put out to me. Your podcasts are neck and neck with Simmons. I think he means Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. Wow. High praise. High praise. Indeed. Uh, and second, ironically, thank you for deciding to no longger cover, the, cover this awful, awful show. I'm not going to cuddle it either. <laughs> you have finally put me out of my misery and cut the last thread that was keeping me from leaving The Walking Dead. You can compare my reaction to hearing that you guys would stop covering this show to that of the King of the Deads when Aragorn tells him, I release you. <laughs> uh, uh, wants to know if we've heard of the two German shows on Netflix, Dark and Babylon Berlin. I've watched... One episode of Dark? I've watched the first two, three episodes of Dark, and I, I like it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, that might be uh, something we talk about on Bald Move TV, like season two or something. Maybe, maybe. Because I need to get caught up. And I haven't watched any of Babylon Berlin, but I see it in my suggestions. Mm, I, haven't, I don't even know what the hell that is, Babylon Berlin. It's the other German show on Netflix, I guess. <laughs> well, they get the Berlin in there for sure. Okay, we go over to Fern in NYC. Fern NYC 17 says, don't have a favorite moment to bring up here. There are just too many. I wanted to just tell my story with the Watching Dead podcast, which is similar, I'm sure, to others who uh, have listened to the podcast. I discovered Ball Move with the Game of Thrones podcast back in 2014. When I wanted to get more content, I noticed you did live watches of The Walking Dead. And I had not seen The Walking Dead since season one, but I decided to give it another chance with you guys. I can honestly say that since 2014, I have not seen Walking Dead on AMC. It's been only the live watches followed by the Ball Move <laughs> podcast. That's how funny and entertaining you guys were for me. W- were? were? I guess he's done listening to yeah, us. Yeah, he's done. We've lost Fern. Shit. God damn it. Oh, well. For, for, we've, gone way, we've gone way back four years now, and it's all coming crashing in. We, we knew there'd be casualties. It's because I, it's cause I clowned on his Westworld uh, uh, yeah. theory. <laughs> uh, speaking for the people like me who watch this crappy show only through the lenses of Jim and Aaron, thank you for the fun ride and the hours of entertainment and laughs. Here's to holding out hope. That you guys at least can keep the live watches alive. I here's the thing. I instead of doing live watches with The Walking Dead, I would literally because because we can be funny. We can be funny with almost anything. 
Right. It doesn't have to be Walking Dead. So I, I, w- I would really like to find a way to do live watches of anything that's I, I not The Walking idea. Dead. I have, I have several ideas for that. Well, someone's paying us to do one for Hard Boiled, so that's, that's that, a, that's for sure. Start, that yeah. might be the first. Uh, and that's exciting because that might be the first real introduction to a live watch that a lot of people get. Because it will be public, yeah. It will be public. Um, I've thought, and I've been thinking, because, be you know, we, we had some ideas of, like, you, getting some old Republic serials that are in the, like, public domain. Like, there's a lot uh-huh. of, like, Flash Gordon and a lot of, like, these crazy King Arthur stuff and... Dudley Do-Right and Lone Ranger, and we've had this idea of, like, you know, dubbing out the voices and just, you know, cutting it up to make it ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, the easiest thing to do is just to straight up do a live watch of those things. Yeah. Because you don't – and the thing is we don't even have to black it out because it's in the public domain. So we right. can do whatever the hell we want to with that shit. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, so Because the, the, thing, the thing about the li- – the problem with the live watch is you have to have the thing that we're – you know, I guess you don't have to. Like, we could probably do a live watch of, like, Predator. Sure. And you probably wouldn't even need... You could just, on the context of where we're at in the movie and what's going on in the obscured screen. But, like, I would really like to find a format for the live watch because I do... It's mm-hmm. like live riff tracks. Yeah. It's a ton of fun to do as well. Uh, the problem doing, like, Walking Dead live watches is that they often happen the same night as something else important. Yeah. Like, last year it would have been Walking Dead and Westworld, right? Right. And we're not going to skip watching Westworld to doing an instant take because right. we want to live watch The Walking Dead. Right. So, uh, yeah, I do want to keep those alive in some form, though, certainly. Uh, so we get Steve from Ohio now. I'm at that point with you, ready to step back from the edge of the cliff. We call Walking Dead, but what's next? What show compares do you guys suggest that is better? I watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, but anything else? Z Nation? What do you guys think is a good alternative? For zombie stuff, particularly? For zombies, I mean, Z Nation is a very different show. They're not trying to do any of the serious drama shit that Walking Dead's doing. They're just Well, bonkers. Walking Dead's failing at. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As far as horror, uh, I've heard good things about the terror, but it's not zombies, and it's it's a period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, another very good horror series for the first three seasons anyway is penny dreadful yeah it was on showtime it's very sexy it's very bloody it's like a victorian remix of all the universal movie monsters given a more pathos and you know it's like a more realistic take i guess it's like it's to these concepts of the wolfman and frankenstein's monster and the invisible man and dorian gray what the walking dead was the zombies a more grounded realistic less you know, because because the thing with uh, Romero is he's 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 very preachy. He's always trying to make a sure. point about society. Yeah. Uh, Penny Dreadful's very good, um, and, and very and and, and yeah, it's it's a great show. It just got shit canned by uh, Showtime in its prime. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of really good horror, long form horror stuff on TV. And, and a lot of stuff that I was excited about got shut down. Like there was this old show called The River. Which looked to be oh, this yeah. cool, spooky, uh-huh. yep. supernatural. That was an Amazon, or Amazon one, wasn't it? I don't remember. I'm confusing but it got the River down. Amazon with the River, the show that's not with on the Amazon. service Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh, but that had promised it got shut down. Uh, one that I really like that's a UK one, and it's kind of like a mini series or like mm-hmm. a very short season or two or something, mm-hmm. is Dead Set. Mm-hmm. It, it's about essentially reality TV stars who are holed up in a house when the zombie apocalypse starts. It's actually really good. Uh, other, like, oh, zombie you know horror what? stuff, I don't know. Uh, what is that 
uh, Pontypool. Yeah, yeah. If you a want movie, a but... really good, it's yeah, it's only it's a movie, so it's only two hours, but like a really fresh take on a, a zombie plot. Check out Pontypool. I mm-hmm. think it's still on Netflix. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it like we did a podcast like two years ago on it uh, that you can you can find on in our archives that we just really gushed on, and, and that's the thing. Like I uh, at this point, the zombie genre is so mature that it's got to be different and weird to kind of get my attention. Okay, let's move on to Michael P., uh, who you may recognize. The P stands for Prolific Sink Pisser. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael P., that Michael P. Yep. Uh, he wanted to write in to talk about his powers of prediction and, and to not let us forget that as we sunset The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, zombies get the pointy end of the stick, humans get the blunt end of the stick, and viewers of The Walking Dead get the shit end of the stick. <laughs> for the wrap-up, I predicted Nicotero turning into a pretentious douche back in, like, season six-ish. I saw that he was directing more and more episodes, so I wrote in to point that and out. And start wearing the beret. Yeah, I also mentioned the fucking scarves and his goddamn berets that he wears, but you guys <laughs> didn't believe me. I can't blame you, though. That was before I foresaw the ending of Justified. So it's understandable that you guys didn't recognize mm. my tremendous fortune-telling abilities. Uh, if you remember, after the finale of Justified, I asked to be called Mikey the Frog, but that was before season five of Game of Thrones, so I don't know if you got the reference. Going forward, I hope you guys appreciate my ability to predict the future of TV shows. That is, yeah, because like you know, do you, do you know who directed the the season finale? Nicotero, Greg Nicotero, the scarf beret wearing motherfucker himself. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to hate the, uh, on the guy. <laughs> no, he's great at effects. And it's just like even Scott Gimple. It's like if I was in my late twenties, early thirties, and I was a staff writer on a show, and someone said, "Hey, we just fired this asshole showrunner. Do you want the keys?" Like, you gotta take that, right? Absolutely. The The problem is, again, the greed of AMC Studios never should have flipped the keys to this Ferrari to this kid that just got out of driver's ed, you know? Right. So, like, I don't have any hate for these individual players or trying to, like, even, the, like, I've kind of come to appreciate the Robert Kirkman might be the hero of this story. Like, uh, a lot of this stuff might not be his fault. He's fucking suing AMC with everybody else. So, like, I don't, I don't got real content for anybody on this project other than the amc studio execs i ought to find out who someone needs to be held responsible for this yeah because amc was a network on the rise Mm -hmm. amc was a network that that was being like they were where like netflix and hulu were now like they were like the ones coming after hbo yeah and then they just they just like whenever they got control of and that's the thing like i remember during the final seasons of mad men and breaking bad when the walking dead the fans were like, those fucking shows are taken away from The Walking Dead's budget. <laughs> no, it's thank God. Yeah. Thank God that those were Sony productions because if they were AMC productions, they would have been, they would never have been allowed to, like, Villigan would have been fired in the end of season two. Yeah. And, you know, who the hell knows what, who would have taken over. No, that's been the real, the real sort of uh, Rubicon here was when. AMC decided we can... Interesting use of the word Rubicon. (laughs) Yeah, we could do this better than the studios that are currently making this. And they merged both the studio, the production and distribution sides of this. Yeah. And just started fucking everybody around. Right. There was no one... See, that adversary relationship's good. Yes, yes. Because the creators are fighting with the studio for money, and the studio is fighting with the network for money. And, like, that's like, you know, co-equal branches of government. There's something to that. When... When the wolf and the hen house are all one facility, right. you see what happens. Yeah. 
And now there's no big prestige show stealing money from The Walking Dead. Uh, it's just, they're just they're just continually pilfering. And that's the other crime. This show made so much fucking money yeah. mm-hmm. from season three to season six. So much fucking money. Not yeah. just the ads, the the in universe product placement with like you know Shane driving around a shiny new Hyundai, and that's probably a couple million dollars. Mm-hmm. The 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 actual sponsored ads were like Microsoft to do a zombie commercial for Sir. That's big fucking money, man. Yeah. The merch, the merch, alone. holy shit, yeah. the merch. I mean, this is George Lucas's wet dream, honestly. Right, <laughs> like... and they could have. I mean, again, you know, alternate universe. We are looking forward to the final two episodes of this show. And it's still ran, ran by uh, uh, the, the guy who ran it back in the day. Uh, fuck. Frank Dilbert. Yeah, Frank Dilbert. Yes. Yeah, Frank Dilbert. Darabont? Darabont. Thank you. Uh, and we're, it's getting accolades, and there's 70 million people watching it, and, you know, that's not the world we live in. Yeah, I mean, actually, now that I mentioned Lucas, it's kind of an apt comparison. Mm. It, it seems like, you know, there, there was a certain level of... Um, cynicism there mm-hmm. and, and just trying to milk it Yeah, uh, that I think Lucas fell into that AMC certainly has fallen foul of. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to James. He says, well, I was sad at first when I heard you would no longer be doing the podcast for the show. Unfortunately, I am stuck watching the show as long as my wife continues to watch and <laughs> she won't stop unless Rick dies. So oh. who knows how long I'm in for. Listen to your podcast was like therapy. It'll be missed. Let me just say, I remember, uh, I'm really shocked that Negan will still be around. Uh, he's not sure how they could ever consider this. He he talks a lot about Negan. He says, Kirkman has no end game, no answers. All the comics are just escalating enemies, rinse and repeat. And I think the rinse and repeat thing honestly sums up The Walking Dead yep. in the last four years. Yep. Uh, it has just been a series of never-ending quibbles over the same ideas. Yeah. And it's just, it, <laughs> what do you? I mean, what are you thinking as a writer in the writers' room? They don't. You you can't look at the history of your show and say, "Have we done this before? Man, have we maybe done this one too many times?" I here, don't, I don't know if you've ever been to workplaces where people are just checked the fuck out because everyone above you is checked out and everyone above them is checked out. I guess, yeah. but it's really hard to give your all on Friday when you know every bit of the executive staff is off golfing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there's a lot of evidence that, you know, in a just world, the guy, the Timon and Pumbaa and Power Ranger guy would have gotten a couple. He would have been he would have never been as featured writer on any of these episodes. And if he did the shitty job he did, he'd never worked again on the show. This high profile show. But hell, he wrote some of the worst episodes this season, too. Yeah. And there's no, like, they, they tell themselves that they're doing awesome, so there's no, like, feedback of, like, oh, let's try better next year. It's like, oh, let's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's all cyclical, and, and it seems to go unchanged. And the other thing year. is the fact that the, the comic book has just walked away from them. Yeah. That's insane, because each comic book is approximately 10 minutes of screen time uh-huh. on average. Like how the fuck is the comic book a hundred a hundred issues ahead of The Walking Dead? Yeah, there's no way they're going to finish this story, and it's not. And so it's like I thought it's because they're afraid to catch up, but it's it's increasingly obvious that the reason we're stuck in these treadmills is because AMC doesn't want to build new sets. Mm-hmm. It's laughable how cheap sets are. Yeah, for The Walking Dead, 
Like you can just go to an abandoned strip mall anywhere in America. <laughs> we have thousands of them. Yeah, go to a, go to an empty get Toys some, R Us. Now. Get some permits and 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 start shooting the shit. Like it's just embarrassing the shit that they get that they 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 think is acceptable. It is. All right, let's move on to Greg. Uh, I really appreciated listening to your Watching Dead podcast. I'll be sorry to see you guys go. Though I do love The Walking Dead, I'll acknowledge the writing and tempo is often subpar. I always appreciated your insights into the show, characters, and the like. Keep up the great work on other podcasts, and best of luck to you both. Like I said, some of it was just a love fest. Um, I'm, I'm prepared I'm, to accept the, the love. <laughs> I'm, I'm allowing it this time, because uh-huh. this is the final one. Uh, it's all just dick-sucking, but it's... That's the thing is people sometimes go like they get it twisted like we don't like be the praise. No, we like right. the praise and feels it, good. <laughs> it's a shot in our arm sometimes when we need it. It's just it's mm-hmm. honestly an interesting time and uh you know, our midwestern senses sensibilities of humility that keeps us from, you know, reading that stuff. But I we do enjoy it. And and my feeling of obligation to all the other listeners to have what is an entertaining podcast yeah. or engaging podcast. It's it's not super engaging to just hear someone gush about the two hosts. Right. And it does feel a little self-congratulatory. Yeah. Uh, but let's do a little bit more of it. Hey, guys, it was a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sad. What to are they going to do? Unsubscribe from the feed? We <laughs> right. got you. We got you for the whole thing. And we we saved the skits to last, so you got to <laughs> listen. That's right. Uh, Jeremy L., hey, guys, it was a fun ride, and I'm sad to see you guys go. Question for Aaron. If you had the time to do a fan edit, which season would you do, and roughly how would you plot it out? Ooh, this is a big question. What would you remove? Uh, or if someone did a fan Man. edit, would you guys potentially cover it? I Okay, uh, I see your game, Jeremy. Uh, I see your game. You're looking to do a fan edit, and you're trying to have us write it for you. I actually th- there's a lot of good stuff yeah. in these seasons. A lot of individual performances that are amazing. They just took too long to get where they're going, or things were told out of sequence, or some other bullshit. Like, especially in the first six seasons, I think you could throw away half of the shit and have a much better show. Yes. And, and we've thrown around ideas for, like, fan edits yeah. in the past. Yeah. I mean, the easiest, the... Man, you could you could take season three and four and mm-hmm. cut that down into about a 12-episode arc. It would be pretty banging. Yeah. It would be pretty banging. You could take this knee these these thirty two right thirty thirty is it thirty two episodes I yeah thirty two episodes be. of the Negan arc, cut it down to ten episodes and it would be a pretty banging banging season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had the time to do that. I wish, but and I'm I'm actually kind of shocked in twenty eighteen that no one has. I have a feeling that Jeremy has the time. Uh if, There's got to be some film student that's that sees all this raw material that's beautiful. Like you know, they the the, the show does mostly look great mostly, and has yeah. very good actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I do think there is un, un, uh, underneath all this dead weight, there is a there is a live live wire that you could that you could hit. Um, I just, I, yeah, I just, it's not going to be me, but no. if someone did, if some, if I, if I heard that someone did like, uh, cut the first three, cut the first four seasons down to like 16 hours or so, mm-hmm. I would definitely give that thing a spin. All right. Todd C says, sorry to see you in your podcast. I've really enjoyed it over the years. I realized the show had slipped over the past couple of years, but I think I'm in till the end. Couldn't possibly miss the comedy gold that will be the love story of Jadis and Eugene to come. Uh, I will continue to listen to all your other podcasts, but Walking Dead will never be the same without your takes. Thanks, Todd. 
Let's see. I thought it was interesting because, like, I, 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 it caught my eye that on r slash The Walking Dead there was a, a thread that was kind of like announced that we're no longer doing the podcast, and it was like fifty fifty split. Like, oh man, bummer. That's one of the big reasons I was still watching. To like, fine, good riddance. They were haters. <laughs> Fuck them. Like, you. Know, it's like oh, that's about that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. We weren't for everyone. We were just for our fans. Uh, Tom has a dissertation here, but I like it and I want to read it. So here we go. It says, so it's finally over. I have to say I'm compelled to write in for your final show because of your Walking Dead podcast. It was certainly one of the first I subscribed to, and despite being sad that you're drawing the curtains on it, I respect your creative decision, and I think it's the right thing to do for yourselves and Ball Move in general. Um, makes them wince how much time we must have put into rewatching these episodes. Uh, I think the season eight finale serves for a decent... Uh, as decent an endpoint as you're likely to get for this show anyway. And I'm pretty sure it's uh, I'm out at this point, too, to be honest. Yeah, if they kept Carl alive, I think I would have. <laughs> I, I, I would have stopped podcasting, but I, I would still probably see how they turn the corner and all that. But like what? I mean, honestly, them killing Carl, I think, is a giant fuck you to Walking Dead, the property and universe. Yeah colossal mistake it would be opinion. essentially like if lucas had said like if, if all the star wars were filmed in order episode one through three through six, and 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 episode around episode two lucas said you're going to appreciate that this story is all about the son of anakin mm-hmm. and then luke gets killed in like like instead of vader he cuts him in half and just kills him at, right. at, at the end of episode five uh-huh. Like, if someone took over from Lucas and did that, there would be outrage, and you'd be, like, seeing as pissing over this franchise. Especially with years of, of movies or shows It's come, weird that right? it's the reverse, that Lucas actually pissed on his own legacy by making the prequels before, but, you know, uh-huh. that's that's well-trod well, uh, territory. I just, I just can't believe it. I can't believe there's people defending the decision to kill Carl, and it's it does seem like it's purely, but it doesn't seem story-driven to me. Because the comic books did this exact story without killing Carl. Yeah. It seems like it's just a fuck you to Chandler Riggs, and that's that's bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm glad we're, glad we're ditching it. Uh, he continues, the reason I'm willing to – I'm writing in so close to your final recording is because I've only just caught up with the last two episodes tonight, days after they first aired, and that is as damning an indictment as I can make about a show that I used to consider – uh, staying up to 2 a.m. to watch so I could see it when it aired live in the U.S. because he's from the U.K. Mm. Uh, my wife and I have actually started, uh, just finished the watching. The show is not worth losing sleep over. <laughs> no, oh, absolutely not. Uh, my wife and I have actually just finished watching The Leftovers from start to finish instead. Way overdue, I know. While listening to your coverage as well, and the juxtaposition between the coverage of that show and this last chunk of The Walking Dead couldn't be more stark. I feel the same about your Mad Men and Breaking Bad coverage from further back. Ultimately, yes, you guys ripping The Walking Dead apart every week has a certain morbid charm to it, but those aforementioned shows you covered when there's clearly a passion and respect for the material between you guys and your audience are definitely more enjoyable to listen to, in my opinion. And now, as a paid-up member of the club, uh, I look forward to listening to you guys talk about shows of that quality instead going forwards. You are right to celebrate your coverage of The Walking Dead, as I know it's played an important role in the history of Bald Move, and there were certainly some good times along the way, but that show is sadly gone, and what has come recently won't be missed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not—I mean, I can't overstate how important The Walking Dead has been to Bald Move. Like, yes. 
it was the twin pillar, the Kickstarter for Breaking Bad or the Breaking Good podcast and the Watching Dead podcast are the thing that we that was our trial balloon to see if it was at all possible to do this on a full time basis. And the answer was, eh, if you squint, maybe. Yeah, I mean, without those early successes, I don't know that we would have pushed as hard to make this a full-time right. thing and we might have gone on to bit the the other things at this point so yeah. like the uh lots of fond memories it's a it's it's a founding part of bald move there's so much just looking <laughs> around the goddamn studio so much memorabilia the one and only tattoo that i'm aware of yeah. that someone has gotten of bald move is a of, is of a tattoo double a run on the forums got a tattoo of me and jim and zombie form yeah, uh, that I see a picture of here in the studio. There's like yeah, he s- sent us a framed shot, a framed drawing of the tattoo, and it will forever emblazon the walls of Bald Move Studios, wherever they are. Yeah, I mean, behind me, like I got a picture of Chad Coleman, uh, one of my f- favorite actors of all time that I met at a, a, a Walker Stalker party. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much good good times and good memories, and they'll still still be there with us. It's just uh, it's 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 time to pull the plug. Uh, the one regret that I have that um, apparently is shared by Tom here is that I just never got to see a Zombaby first before it was all over. Eh, there's been one on Z Nation, and there's been one on that, Dawn that of the Dead, Dead, Dead Alive. And there's the remake. Your, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to finish on a personal highlight of your coverage from one of the show's many low points, I recall a very funny episode about the time Glenn walked into a dark, scary tunnel in Season 4 instead of taking the much more simple route over the top. These days, I doubt that would even make the top 10 most stupid plot points. It was one of the very first times I can remember uh, just this is engineered for a set piece. Yes. And if I recall correctly, that's a Greg Nicotero direction. I believe so. And, like, there's only one reason he's doing this. It's because it gets to a kind of awesome scene with zombies. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Nowadays... Nowadays, Glenn would just be traipsing through the forest, and six zombies would just ambush him out of nowhere. Yeah. So they don't uh, even bother to engineer ludicrous situations. I did try to pull that clip, but I couldn't find it within the episode. Um, mm. it, it's the the episode called Us, which is somewhere in season five, I believe. Is that the one where we did the they ain't, they, they ain't us? This is a skit? Uh, we ain't them. Was, we ain't them. Oh, yeah, okay. was I think before that? Okay, because there was a them and Slightly. us. Yeah. <laughs> right. They ain't uh, us. Finally, he says thanks for all your hard work over the years and for clinging on as long as you have. See you on the next, no doubt, much better show. Oh, and speaking of those, no doubt, better shows, Sci-Fi: The Expanse, fucking awesome hard science fiction. Uh, we're covering it. It's in season three. You can watch the whole thing on Amazon Prime if you got Amazon Prime. Uh, and also Westworld on HBO, two really excellent yeah. science fiction shows. With and especially with Westworld's got lots of gore. If you're like wanting to to, to see some some uh, zombie some kind of zombie esque gore, hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Really great shows. The the contrast between the the the, 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 the these shows and Walking Dead is stark. It absolutely. Uh, Matt C is going to take us through. Uh, a little bit of history here, which is pretty fun. I found your guys' podcast during Season 7 of Game of Thrones and was immediately hooked. I uh, love your guys' discussions. I've been watching backlogs of Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, and your other shows. And I recently joined the club because I really love your work and wanted to help support you guys. Lately, I've been binging old Walking Dead episodes to hear your guys' coverage because I've always been a big fan of The Walking Dead. So I was sad to hear your decision to end the show after so long. 
However, listening to these old podcasts of yours while keeping up with current Watching Dead episode has made me see why. I thought it was hilarious when you say back in season two or three things like, I'm getting sick of the should we or shouldn't we kill storyline. Hope they get through that quick. It's amazing uh, <laughs> how long this shit has been going on, right? It truly is. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, season eight is on the fourth or fifth iteration of that storyline. I especially thought it was funny hearing Aaron say, I don't think they'll kill Heath. I think he has some staying power and he'll be around for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he's still out there. Uh, I've been watching The Walking Dead since the beginning and generally brushed off the shaky plot issues when they arise, but season seven and eight have killed my love for the series. Listening to your podcast really showed me the repetitive plot and character flip-flops run amok on this show, and I decided it's just not worth my time to watch anymore. After the snooze fest of 8.16, I can say I have zero interest in watching the writers and producers ruin or further ruin the characters of Derry... Derry? Derry Derry, Maggle... And Jesus with this bullshit. Uh, 180 <laughs> work, portrayal. Work groms. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Jim, rest easy knowing that the end of the podcast has helped at least one fan jump ship from this stinking garbage fire of a show. Yeah, man. Looking, we've, we've set a lot of people free here. Uh, we, I, I certainly hope so. That's my fondest. Counting hope. you and me, that's four just in this, just <laughs> this podcast. Uh, a couple more emails here, and then I think we're going to get to skits. Uh, Jonathan A. says, I decided to re-listen to all of Watching Dead, starting with episode 201. It's very funny to hear both of you so positive and full of hope, with some reservations. I look forward to pinpointing the moment when your spirits eventually break. Thanks for the hundreds of hours of entertainment. And finally, Esteban says, I watched The Leftovers because I highly value your opinions and wanted to know what shows you gave praise to in contrast to The Walking Dead. Uh, as a former JW myself, I resonated with your comments on The Leftovers Ayo. and your personal views on how humans should treat one another. You address this on both shows, and I greatly admire you both. Since then, I want to know your opinions on all of the shows between. I look forward to watching The Expanse, Westworld, and many other shows and movies with the two of you. All right, and that's all we've got. i got to say thank you to everyone who wrote in uh, for this final episode, both you know, to ask questions, but also to say i guess what the show meant to them because honestly you know we've been talking about it for two hours and we keep saying it but it did mean a lot to us too both to the business and i think personally this podcast is has meant a lot to aaron or aaron and i oh my god i'm outed <laughs> damn it I've i got can, i can eight, delete that eight if you want. seasons until i got outed no i don't <laughs> care um no i i i totally agree and i you know uh Walking Dead has opened a lot of doors for us. Um, it's it's we've experienced a lot of success with it. Uh, I wish it was a better show. I wish, I I wish that they you know again there is a there is a very happy alternate universe in which AMC continued to pocket a lot of money for themselves, but also pump those profits back into the show mm-hmm. to make things bigger and better and didn't get too creative about the story. Just executed the comic book plot. And uh, I think that, you know, there's there's a universe in which The Walking Dead won some Emmys. Sure. Uh, because they got they had the cast for it. Yeah. And the source material was was at the time a, fre- a kind of like a new and, and uncharted look and a realistic look. And as I think now they waited so long to tell their story. It's kind of their lunch has been eaten and they squandered all their talent and. Mm-hmm. It's just bad. I can think about like you know some some actors who have been on much better shows and much bigger b- bigger projects, and they come to this and they come here to die, and vice versa. You could see them coming off this show and going on to big careers. Like, look at what uh, Shane 
has done. Sure. With his career, he's he's become much bigger. Um, he's essentially playing Crazy Shane and and uh, got it got himself a spinoff series, yeah, The Punisher, for sure. Uh, and I liked him in stuff like Wolf of Wall Street and mm-hmm. uh, just a lot of stuff he's done. So he was in that uh, Baby Driver. He was, he yeah, was in Baby Driver. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so now we have skits. That's the only thing we've got left here. Uh, oh boy, this is really the only show that we ever did skits for. And yeah. I, I think it's because of the ridiculous nature of the show itself. Uh-huh. Um, but we started these much earlier on than I remembered. It's, it's, it goes back to season two. And I, I pulled all the ones that I knew for sure we we intentionally wrote. But I think I missed maybe some of the impromptu ones. Yeah. Like, I'm certain we had some just riff skits that I, mm-hmm. I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to listen to both the evolution of the skit as it starts as sort of an advertisement for the show mm-hmm. that's just done by Rick and with a little silliness in it. And also the the evolution of the Rick Grimes voice. I feel like it gets much more defined as we get later into the series. So I think let's go ahead and play um, the first of these. It's from episode 211. Are we reacting to all these or are we just going to play it out? No, I think, I think we're going to play them. And, and oh, boy. We don't. Because some of these I want to like talk about, some okay. of them I don't. All right. I haven't like as I I didn't go back and listen to any of these skits. I listened. Oh, to I almost... did. Some of them are cringeworthy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll have to just soldier through those. But this first one is Rick advertising The Watching Dead. Let's hear it. All right, people, listen up. This is Rick Grimes. I heard a strange sound, and I sent Glenn to investigate, and it turns out it is The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast of AMC's The Walking Dead. These guys know what it's like out there. Lori, back me up. I don't know. Shane kind of likes those HHWLOD guys. Lori, I need your support. Look, Carl's watching. <laughs> That's... Oh, that had to be that had to be like because that he's he's referencing another he, podcast. My, yeah, yeah. No, he, no, he's referencing the thing I was talking about, like sending Glenn into the dark. Like, like he's referencing the skit I was talking about that I just kind of riffed off. That must have been like the next one or the it one after. Been? Yeah. Damn. Damn. All right. Cool. I feel like that was right around the time That's, of the development of the Rick. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like this. That might be the second take of Rick Grimes. Yeah. Um, so here's another pretty pretty short one as well. Rick is trying to make contact with Morgan via The Watching Dead. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty fun, pretty fun one. Here we go. Morgan, this is Rick Grimes. I know it's been almost a whole season since last we talked, but my CB radio is dead. Now I'm reaching out to you on The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for AMC's The Walking Dead. Morgan, hopefully you're going to be able to scavenge an iPod or God help you a Zoom and find a working internet connection because, Morgan, I need to tell you something. When I was at the CDC, this Dr. C. Jenner, he told me something. Rick, who are you talking to? That damn it, Lori, I'm trying to talk to my friend Morgan. Where's Carl? Aren't you supposed to be watching him? It's pretty good. Yeah, lot, lots of things going on in that one. That's, uh, there make, is. that's making fun of Rick's Dawn Patrol routine at the CB. Yep. It's Lori's inability. Well, ever, the community's failure to keep an eye on the very young Carl <laughs> and where the hell he was at in any given... Like I've let I've, scene, I've lost scene. my son less uh-huh. in the safe 21st century America <laughs> than these fools lost him in the zombie apocalypse. I just it's it's 
it's kooky. And there's also in there the mix of like Jenner whispering something into the ear, like, right? And Rick's gonna reveal what it is, and then he doesn't, and like because mm-hmm. that was a big. Remember now was that was a big tease? It sure was. Yeah. Uh, okay. This next one is. I think this is Fiesta de Lori. This had to be. It's early early season three. Now, people, listen up. We need to clear this here yard. I do not want any walker rot in my vegetables. That would not be prudent. Rick, can I have a word? Speak your mind, T-Dog. Rick, you know I haven't always seen eye to eye with you, but I've kept silent all this time. All through our long, unreasonably cold Georgia winter. Uh, yep. But I can't keep quiet on this one. I just don't feel right about the way we're treating these prisoners, man. The way we're keeping them and that... T, look out! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! And the logical amount of walkers just got T-Dog. Daryl, Daryl, quick, we have to find Lori and Carl. Lori! Carl! Lori! little straw-haired shrew what has happened to you rick maggie had to cut the baby out of me i don't have long but i got some important things to tell you oh god lord yes yes anything rick i don't ever want you to remarry uh okay (laughs) i guess i can and no sex either no no i just don't know about oh my savagely torn uterus god you're right you're right i'm sorry walking dead tears a lot of uteruses sure does No, no, God, no, go, wait, whoa, whoa, what is that? How can this be happening? Oh, this is the Jim and I are on a playing games. Uh, oh man. Uh, that's pretty good. The sound, yeah. Uh, in eight seasons, they savagely tore at least two uteruses. At the very least, yeah. And Maggie just walked it off. She uh-huh. walked it off in the space of seven days. Does walking prevent uterine tears? I I wouldn't think. No. I think it would exacerbate them. But you know, she 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 once she hopped in that John Deere tractor and ran off the saviors. Mm-hmm. Her uterus was torn no more. It was just magically healed and never to be mentioned again. I okay. So this next one is a little cringeworthy in my opinion. Oh, uh, but but the whole topic was cringeworthy. It was from an era where The Walking Dead had this run of just killing every black actor on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was becoming, like, it, a There real was problem. articles written about it. Yes. Like, it was, it, was, it was not just bald move. This is in the, the po- popular zeitgeist. Right. So we did a skit based on that idea, and this is it. All right, people, listen up. We got Glenn. We've got Maggie. Now let's get out of here while the getting is good. Rick, can I have a word with you? Well, we're kind of busy, but what the hell? Speak your mind, Oscar. Rick, I really appreciate a lawman like you taking a former prisoner such as myself into your group. Why, the way we're staging this harrowing near-suicidal rescue mission to save our own people, it's simply inspiring. Well, Oscar, you see how we've taken care of our own. We do the same for the least of us. That's something in a world like this. You know... I was thinking of how I could play a larger role in the group, and it's something I want... Oscar, look out! It's a suspiciously Wolverine-looking Shane out for revenge! I'd shoot him, but I'm having a psychotic break! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I've been shot! Oh, Rick, Rick! Should we help him, you know, get, get him over the wall? No, Maggie, look at the poor son of a bitch. He's dead for sure. 
Oh, no, wait, man. It hit me in the shoulder. Maggie, he's suffering. Really? It went clean through. Herschel can patch me up. Maggie, you know we don't let our own turn. You know what you need to do. What the hell? I'm getting up. I'm standing. Look, I'm on my feet. (laughs) Oh, curse this shithole world we live in, forcing us to make the tough calls. Oh, God, Oscar. If only you could make it back. Man, I know. I know I could have found a place for a man of your talents and skin pigmentation. Wait. Who is that? Is that a slightly better looking, more established African-American actor I see up ahead? Hello, folks. People call me Tyrese. Well, pleased to meet you. You know, we just had a spot open up in our group, and I think you'd fit right in. Well, you sounded upset, and I heard gunshots. What's wrong? Oh, that? Water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Say, what happened to the girl you're with? Yeah, she's bit by a walker. We're on the run, we're outnumbered, and we're in a desperate situation. Well, we got to bring her back and save her. I don't know, Rick. She's pretty bad off. And and when she dies... When she dies, of course, we'll give her boyfriend or her husband or lover or whatever some time to grieve and process it. We're talking basic human dignity here. Now, come on. Wow, Rick. Uh, I don't know what to say. Your group seems like... Wait, now, hold on. That's getting pretty wordy there, T-Dog. That's not my name. Okay, Theodore, whatever. Save it for next season. Come on, people. Let's go. Jesus. I, I mean, uh, it's I, I I I regret nothing. Okay, that's fair. That was the show. That was the show, and they it had, was. they had killed off T Dog, and they killed off Oscar, and here, yeah, like there's any time. I mean, we're pointing out the absurdity of it all. Yes, that's that's the idea. Not, we're not celebrating the Hell fact no. that they're killing all these all these black. Although men. I will say it's suspect that my voice for black male actors is the same across the board, regardless of their character. <laughs> Uh, I, will, I will own up to that a little bit. Sure, that's silly. Sure, I don't think I don't. Yeah, eh, you know, you gotta you gotta own what you gotta own. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about the next one from episode three thirteen. It's the governor reading meeting Rick. It's maybe oh god, I remember maybe the funniest of the sketches in my opinion. The, the negotiation, the, the negotiation between the two. We are gonna listen to it now. Well, we finally meet, Governor. If that is your real name. Well, no, it's actually Philip. Philip, <laughs> huh? Well, that's a funny way to pronounce psycho rapist Cyclops. Now, uh, Rick, calm down. You're a former officer of the peace, and that's just what we're here to do. To be fair, your peace. governor sounds like a black man, too. Does if, if we're keeping okay, score. fine. <laughs> All right. Really? I arrived God only knows how soon before you did. I could rig that chair to explode. Well, joke's on you, mister. My chair did not explode. Well, there you go. I'm not such a bad guy after all. Now, let's do something about these guns we're both packing. I'm going to take off my gun belt, and I want you to put yours away. Well, since he went first, I'll holster mine. There, you happy? Surprise, asshole! I duct tape a gun to the side of my table. (laughs) Oh, shit! You got me! Damn, you're good. Rick, I got here before you. You didn't sweep the room. Who knows what I could be hiding in here? Hell, I could snap my fingers right now and an army of goons would come out of that closet and take you away. That closet? Look, just shut up. I'm kidding. See, I'm putting my gun away. Well, that is good, Philip, because I was getting nervous. How about a drink? I brought whiskey. I'm kind of jumpy. I could use that drink. Okay, I'm getting up. I'm going to this other room. Okay. 
You know, I could be getting a gun or a knife, hiding all manner of weapons on my person. You can't see me or tell what I'm doing. Are you pouring me a drink? That's right. That's right. Now I'm coming back. Look, I could have put poison in your whiskey, but I'm pouring it right here in front of you since I'm such a nice guy. Well, I hope this whiskey is half as nice as you're turning out to be. Jesus, Rick, you are a piece of work. Salud. Now, you drink first. Bottoms up. I poison the whiskey. God damn it. Just kidding. Just oh, kidding. thank God. But I did poison the glass. God <laughs> damn it. Just <laughs> kidding. Uh, I don't mind telling you, but this is turning out to be an emotional roller coaster for me. Well then, now that we have a measure of each other, let's get down to business. I've got a bigger town, more people, and better weapons. And I'm just infinitely more cunning than you, so I'm going to wipe you out. Unless... You want the prison? <laughs> I don't want your shithole prison. You want Merle. Rick. Rick, I need you to give me Michonne. But Michonne? But we just did, like, 40 minutes of character development with her. Oh, is that a fact? Well, slaughter it is, then. No, wait, wait. Fine. You can have Michonne. And Carol, I think Andrea said her name was. Oh, God, her? I'll pay you to take that one off our hands. And I'm going to need Maggie, too. Now, wait, hold on now just a minute. Glenn would not like that at all. Oh, you prefer annihilation. No, wait, wait. God, <laughs> I tell you what. God, oh, Carl Jr.'s never going to forgive me, but <laughs> we got this sweet little piece of ass goes by the name of Beth. Now, she's only 17. Uh, I can work with that. And I think I can see my way to parting with her. All right, you got yourself a deal. Well, all right then. That was easy. Now then, about Maggie. <laughs> Two uh, hours later. Oh, shit. So, you're giving me all the women, after I beat Glenn to death in front of Maggie, all your guns. Set my pet python, Petunia. Of course, of course. All your vehicles, all your ammo, except for one bullet you want to keep in your left breast pocket. <laughs> All your non-pet-related foods, Daryl's head. On a pike? Yep, yep, on a pike. Let's see. Oh, oh, Glenn Mazzara fired. Immediately. All right, your daughter Judith to raise as my own. Your son Carl's unconditional love. Merle's other arm. And both legs. Yeah, Herschel's beard. Some guy named Morgan. Two walkie-talkies. Let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, you're going to place my nuts in your mouth. For a period of no more than 60 seconds. All right, in our town square. In front of the entire Woodbury Assembly. Then you take what's left of Merle and Herschel and you get the hell out of Georgia. Never to return. That seems more than fair. Now, of course, I'll have to discuss these terms with my people. You do that, Rick. Let's meet back here in two days. And just to be clear, I'm going to double cross and kill every one of you that shows back up. Then I'm going to sack the prison. Okay, back here. Two days. Got it. Yeah. Wow. You know what's funny is, like, all that skit over something that wouldn't even raise my eyebrows in season eight. Oh yeah. Like I wouldn't even been like, cause that's the thing. Like I was still take, taking this show at face value. Like why the fuck would Rick come to this place that, I mean, it was a, it was a ludicrous situation, but it wouldn't even ra it wouldn't even raise the, a flag. No, it's, it's nowhere in the top 10 mistakes of this show at this point. Uh, I do like I do like uh, all the sub jokes we threw in there. The, uh -huh. the uh, Guanton Herschel's beard, Merle's other arm. Yeah, there's just the general idea of how his son's unconditional bad. love. <laughs> yeah. I've always raised Judith as my own. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's all good. I liked it. Uh, okay, let's move on to episode four hundred four. Daryl calls bullshit on everything. Uh, here's oh, that this clip. is this is a good one. 
Daryl. Hey, Bob, what's up? Well, I've seen two groups of my own people die. I just feel like sometimes I'm just cursed to witness all these people killed. When it gets quiet at night, sometimes I need a little something. I've been stealing bottles when we go out. I've been putting people at risk. I just... That's bullshit. Now go hotwire that car. Ain't rocket science. Wow. You know what? Thanks, Daryl. That's a whole load off my mind. I feel better already. Go forth. Be a douchebag no more. (laughs) Daryl, something's been troubling me. What's that, Dr. S? Herschel risked his life to save me. And in return, I ignored medical advice I've been given since I was three years old. I coughed straight into his face. In fact, I spit blood right into his eyes. It was awful. And now, I, I think he's been infected, and I... That's bullshit. Now go take this carburetor and rebuild it. It ain't brain surgery. Yes, yes, thank you, Daryl, thank you. Cover your mouth next time, Jesus. (laughs) Daryl, I feel like I have to apologize. For what, Ty? It's just that I've been a a total asshole. I've been (laughs) mad about this killer running loose in our prison, (laughs) and now my sister's sick, but, but really it's inexcusable. I've, I've let everyone down, putting you all at risk with my crazy ways and... Uh, That's bullshit. Now take this screwdriver, strip some wire out of them old lamps over there. It ain't nuclear physics, man. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like an enormous weight has been lifted off my chest. I never knew my, my conscience could feel this squeaky clean. Lord, I'm going to sleep well tonight. I like your Tyrese. God damn it, Lori. If you're gonna fuck around, you can get on before you get spit on. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Daryl, I got something to confess. Back before I was alive, uh, well, before everything changed, I did some pretty heinous things. I used to force Rick and Carl to eat my pancakes. <laughs> Every Sunday, I made them tough. I made them lumpy. Sometimes I made them without any milk or water or any kind of liquid just to see how bad I could fuck them up and still have them eat it. Oh, they thought I didn't know, but I did. And That's I- bullshit. I'd give you some random menial task, but you're a ghost. <laughs> so just, I don't know, discorporate or something. It ain't differential calculus. I don't even know what that means, but I feel so free. Like I can finally leave this plane of existence behind. Goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye. Good. You're driving Rick batshit. Get out of here. For real this time. Daryl, good that you're back from your run. I hear you got a way about you. You've been absolving people of their sins. I don't know about that. What I call bullshit is bullshit. Seems to help people. Well, I got something been weighing on me. When you guys didn't come back, me and Carol went on a run to get supplies and, well, she confessed that she killed Karen and David. Is that right? Yeah, and she wasn't sorry or nothing. I felt she took it upon herself to be judge, jury, and executioner. We can't have people making unilateral decisions about other people's lives without any sort of due process or consultation with the rest of the group. So, I banished her. 
Wait, you what? I gave her some food, water, gas, told her she weren't welcome no more in our prison. So you took it upon yourself to kick out my theoretical speculative slam piece? Well, pretty much. I, I've been feeling just terrible, just terrible about it since the drive over here. Uh-huh. Well, that is bullshit. Go to the armory, get one of them flashbangs we got left over, shine it up real nice, pull the pin, and cram it up your fake accent having limey ass, because that's going to be a lot less painful than when I get a hold of you and beat your ass right into the ground. Wow, that covered a lot of Jesus. territory. Yeah. I'm starting to think that some of these are like SNL skits. Like maybe we'd have stopped, uh, mm-hmm. st- stopped at the halfway point and we'd have been better off. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean by cringeworthy on some of these. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they're a part of the, that, so the history. That's the bull, yeah, that's the genesis of the bullshit. Yeah, that's, I mean, we had said bullshit certainly before. That's but, when the, the, like, the feral Daryl started to come out, too. Uh-huh. Bullshit, you know? Uh, yeah, I feel like that kind of even spawns like a wildcat Daryl, too, mm, later mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Plus without, was, without bullshit, I don't know that we would have gotten to Wildcat. Like, and also the skip before the, the Rick with the psychotic break. Like, yeah. That's the, this is like a different era. I was from the era of uh, Rick being haunted by the ghost of Lori in the white dress. Yeah. Ah, good times. Good times. I right, got a few more here. Uh, 408, this is Rick and the governor having an evil dick measuring contest, essentially. What? Yeah. I have no memory of this. Here we go. Now we can all live or none of us can. You're one of us if you walk through those gates. We can let go of all of it. Nobody dies. Oh my god, this is We've all done season eight finale. the worst sort of things <laughs> just to stay alive. We can still come back. We're not too far gone. We get to come back. Liar. Come again? All this. Oh, we've all done the worst sorts of things just to stay alive. You're saying you're as bad a man as I am, Rick. Because I'm going to have to call some bullshit on that. Hey, I've done plenty wrong. (laughs) Like what? When my wife died, I lost my mind. I almost punched Glenn. Almost. Right in his face. (laughs) (laughs) When my daughter died, I tortured Glenn and I sexually assaulted his girlfriend. Well, I talked on imaginary telephone. That's how crazy I am. Oh, give me a break. (laughs) I shot a whole town's worth of people just because they were too weak. And I did it because I was trying to kill you. I stabbed my best friend with a knife to death for trying to kill me. I fed my best friend to a pit full of walkers for offering to share his power. I, I banished Carol. What? That's some bullshit. Uh. Oh, God, Daryl, he almost punched me. Christ, that's all you people do. Martinez, this is getting boring. Fire up that tank. Uh, I'm I'm actually Mitch. Uh, whatever. Let's roll. Kill them all. I don't even know what that last Mitch joke is. I don't either. Who was Mitch? He wasn't the Poindexter, was he? I don't think so. Mm, I think maybe he wasn't Martinez. Martinez was dead at that point. Could be. Because he was fed to the walkers. Was he? I, shit, man, I don't know. I thought Mar- Martinez survived the governor. Uh, I oh, I no, that's right. You. The governor, after, yeah, the governor had to flee, and that's how they met Tara, and then they came back, and Mar- Martinez was running a camp with uh, some other, yeah. That's, that's, <sighs> Jesus Christ. It's, 
It's a lot, a lot of broken ground to cover. Long time ago. All right, we've got uh, the We Ain't Them skit. Oh, this is one of my favorites. This is a pretty good one. Here we go. I asked my grandfather once, did you ever have to kill Germans in the war? And he said, that's an adult subject. Then I asked him if Germans had ever tried to kill him. And he looked away and he tried to change the topic. But then I asked him, Grandpa, why do you live in Argentina and speak with a thick German accent? <laughs> and he said, Why are you asking all of these questions? And then he goose-stepped right out the room. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to get at is this here, how we're living right now in this world, we are the walking dead. Now we ain't them. We ain't them. We ain't them. I know, man. I'm I'm not saying like we're walkers. It's it's a metaphor. We ain't them. Look, it's like when you say you're as angry as a rabid possum with a furry tail. <laughs> them fuckers mean. You don't know. They mean as hell. I'm saying we're the walking dead in a literary sense. We ain't them. Are are you gonna cry? Maybe. Are you burning yourself with that cigarette? Oh! What the fuck, Daryl? I'm the emotional ashtray of this group. Only good for extinguishing life's pain. There you go. It's like I was saying about us being dead. Hey! We ain't them. God damn it. Oh, Shiva. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a flat flash forward. That's, That's a pretty a good, good one. one. I yeah. like that one a lot. <laughs> uh, Especially the, the goose the, stepping out the room I, part is hilarious. I remember the, 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 the I forgot the whole his uh, was that because he started to tell the story and like we just invented a reason of why he would be shy about talking about his experiences in the war. I guess I, just, I don't really remember. <laughs> but why did you move us all to Argentina and speak with the German <laughs> accents? <laughs> It's really hilarious. Uh, uh, okay, so here we go. Here's one of the most famous skits. It's Reg Col- Reg's uh, Cold World Gates. Oh, shit. They, they can't hold up to Rick's real-world experience, so here we go on this one. You're Rick, a pretty remarkable guy. Well, how's that, Reg? I watched the tapes, the things those people said about you, the things you did to protect them. Oh, tell me, didn't you build that wall? <laughs> Uh, yes, I did, with a lot of help, and it's an incredible achievement, but <laughs> it's just a wall. If you can call it that. Yeah, I... You know, I was promised 12-foot-high, solid steel slab, cold-rolled, impenetrable walls of add a fucking mantium and I pull up, see so you got a chain-link fence covered in burlap for a front gate? <laughs> well, True. Rick, you know And that... you got the supports on the outside? Now, how does that make any sense at all? Actually, if one considers the tensile strength of steel, and given that we sunk the supports into properly installed concrete footers... Oh, would you just shut up with the nerd talk? I'm talking... Common sense, jackass. <laughs> Tell me, how many walkers you ever have on the outside at any one time? Uh, oh, I don't know. Several dozen at one point. Oh, several dozen. <laughs> well, hell, we plowed through a herd 5,000 strong just to get up here. <laughs> Tell me, for my own effification, what's the worst thing you ever have pull up to that weak-ass gate? 
a Honda Odyssey, packed with dirty diapers and tickle me Elmos. Was it a tank? Because a goddamn Abrams pulled outside my gates. You want to talk cold, rolled steel? Oh, That's what you're going to have when that some bitch runs against this limp dick retirement community you're trying to pass off as Fort Knox, professor. I, I don't know. You know what? what? Forget it. I'm going to introduce you people to something I like to call the rictatorship. <laughs> Carl, Michonne, we're taking this place over. Oh, shit. That's mm, maybe my favorite skit. That's really good. The other thing is, like, every one of those ended with the theme song, which we yeah, should also yeah. thank your brother. Right. For His years band. and years ago. Like, it's it's our, I think, our, our most rocking theme song. It's got to be, yeah. Um, and it's custom for the show, which is really cool. Because uh, I try and, like, cobble together bullshit themes for shows, mm-hmm. but I don't make anything original. Mm. Uh, yeah, this, this band's called Mysterionic. Find them at mysterionamusic.com. I want to kind of, like, you know, when we're doing it on Twitch now, like, when we have, like, you know, streams about to start, I'd like to play that in the background, because it's a it's a damn shame we only use 30... It's like, it's a whole piece. It's, like, three, four minutes long. We use, yeah. like, 30 seconds of it. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, this is the final skit that we did. It's easily the longest. There are four parts. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, is this Cooking with Carol? It's Cooking with Carol. Oh, for Christ's sake. Uh, some of it is cringeworthy. Some of it is funny. Uh, we're going to play it. Here we go. This is a Jim Jones original. I said original. I did nothing original. <laughs> Cooking with Carol. Hi, I'm Carol. I'm an average, everyday mom. And if you're like me, there's just not enough time in the day to feed all of the hungry mouths in your busy life. Good woman voice, Jim. How many times (laughs) has this happened to you? You get home, dinner o'clock is staring you right in the face, and you haven't been to the grocery store in years. You've got to put something tasty and hot on the table, just what you have on hand. That's where my spring cleaning casserole saves the day. It's so easy. All you need is two cans of cream of celery, a box of stale pasta, an 8-ounce can of Fancy Feast, and all of your paprika. (laughs) My assistant, Sam, is going to combine these ingredients for us while I share my top five casserole tips. Sam? (laughs) Sam, you mix this casserole. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Carol. I'm so scared all the time, and my daddy is dead. Shut up, Sam. Your father was an asshole, and we're all glad he's dead. And you would be too if you had any sense. Are you an asshole, Sam? No. Because what happens to little asshole boys? They die screaming tied to a tree. That's right. Now Sam is going to mix this casserole, and when we come back, I'll show you how to get that perfect golden carol crust that will have everyone in your neighborhood raving. That's my wife, wife, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Might be your first appearance on Bald Move. Maybe so. Uh, this is back in season six, so it's two years ago. Three, three, <sighs> three years, years ago, ago at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, that's part one. This was kind of a. All of these are of a piece. Um, we dispersed them throughout the episode as we went, uh, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Here's part two. Like as our sponsor. Okay. Get right. Carol. So now we're ready to put our little experiment in the oven. In just 45 minutes, your house will be smelling amazing, and you'll be ready to put smiles on all of those adoring faces you love so much. 
What oh the dear, fuck? someone has rammed our community with a tractor trailer, oh, right. and this one bitch who's been side-eyeing yeah, me for weeks at the local pantry just got bisected with a machete. Remember kids, smoking kills. Anyway, I'm going to let Sam slide the casserole in the oven while I take to the streets for a murder spree. See you in 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, that was a whole good. thing. I remember the side-eye and the, she's smoking. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Mm. All right, let's go. We really turned the corner on Carol. We went from like Rick wanting to trade her away for nothing to like badass Carol. Yeah, intimidating kids, Carol. <laughs> Rambo Carol. Uh, okay, here we go with part three. Cooking with Carol. <laughs> Carol rampaging. I that's guess. right. That's... No, Carol. You can't just go around killing people. That's Morgan. Shut the fuck up, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucked up soundboard did you use, man? I don't know. That's Internet, a free audio one. Clips. A free one for sure. Yep. Uh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I like, like it. how it just doesn't really have much dialogue. It's. Mm-hmm. It's the sounds of killing. All right. And then I believe this is Carol coming back. Let's see. Oh, wow. Okay. Cooking with Carol. Whew. I don't know about you, but I'm starving. And this casserole is smelling like a burnt fucking mess. (laughs) Sam, what did you do? I'm so sorry, Miss Carol, but I couldn't find the hot pads. And I burnt my little fingers. And I can't figure out how to turn off the oven. And then I just... Oh, don't... <laughs> honey, don't fret. Oh, shit. It's not a big deal. I'll make you some cookies. Would you like that? Oh. Uh-huh. Come over here and help me get the ingredients out of the pantry. Okay. Do you see the chocolate chips, sweetie? Yeah. Hand those to me. Now, can you reach the brown sugar? Uh-huh. That's a good boy. Now the flour. All right. Look at the flour, Sam. <laughs> Join me next week and I'll show you the miracles you can work with raw turtle meat. Wow. Cooking with Carol. Yeah. This fucking show is a trip. How many children died in this show? A lot of them. How many children do we root for to die? The better question, how many children have lived, like have survived? I mean, that's the one realistic thing the show did well. Because I, yeah. I think kids are the worst thing to have in any kind. Like, I, we just watched A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Kids, post-apocalyptic situations where you can't make noise. There's just there's not a good mix. They're not. Not a good mix. Uh, that was a pretty good skit, though. I really enjoyed both uh, the process of editing that script, because obviously I wasn't you know, a voice in that script. I like your, your Sam voice, though. It's really good. Yeah, kind of like uh, made me feel bad. For Sam, I remember when when we actually cut that. I'm like, man, I really feel bad for Sam. Like I wrote into like he's like, you know, <laughs> something about this broken child and and panicking and, while the casserole is burning. I'm yeah, like, and Carol's just such a such a cr- crazy psycho with him. <laughs> mm. I love it, but that's it. That's all we got. Um, I guess this wraps up our coverage, our full coverage of The Walking Dead, never to return. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a bullet in its brain. And burn it. Yeah. It's the only way to be sure. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. We're we're really bad at ending things. Mm-hmm. Really bad at ending podcasts. I'm really bad at 
ending a podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, what can you say that just sums it all up? Nothing. Uh, I think our listeners said it best for us, so we're going to kind of leave it there. Fuck you, AMC executives. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Bald Move audience. You've made, it, you've made it a lot of fun. You've made it bearable. We would have, I mean, no joke without the podcast. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, when I mean, we we I don't know when we stopped watching this. Without the podcast, I would have stopped podcasting. Without the day podcast, one. this motherfucker never got me to watch horror because I'm like, I really don't want to do this, man. No, that's true, yeah. I really don't like. I, I I have a bad history with scary stuff. I don't like it. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna and, and you know I, I took the bullet and it paid off. So thanks if you have made it this far. Hope you enjoyed this this retrospective nostalgia look back at our history with The Walking Dead. Uh, I hope you, I sincerely hope that you try some of our shows that we actually enjoy. Yeah. Again, we got Expanse. We got the West Westworld right now. Uh, lots of stuff. You look at our catalog at baldmove.com. We got tons and tons of stuff. We do movies almost every week. We're doing a big one this week, The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure if you want to, you can find us around. Uh, and we hope to run into you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Have a great rest of your existence. Mm-hmm.